Hi, and welcome to the Alliance of Survivor Game podcast. I'm Ryan, the host slash game runner of Alliance. Join me as I talk to the second place finisher of Nexus Park, Court, about falling in love with orgs and playing from the bottom. This is part one. I'm joined today by the second place finisher from Alliance Nexus Park, one of the three finalists of the season, and the runner-up, Court. Hi. Hi. It's nice to have you here and get a chance to talk to you. Um, Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about things and and, uh, just getting to see and experience parts of the season from and through your eyes. Um, but uh, I guess the best place to start is kind of your relationship um, with orgs. I, You were one of the last uh, people to apply uh, out of the people who ended up playing in Nexus Park relative to when the season started. And uh, you had... <laughs> Uh, part of your application talked about just how many orgs you'd been playing and um, (laughs) in addition how well you had done in so many of them Um, so yeah I don't know how did you what do you like about orgs what is kind of your yeah I don't know what what are you what are your favorite parts about playing them and how do you manage to play so many so quickly well I'm currently uh, I'd have to actually go back how exactly where I'm at but I'm I'm I just hit the seventies. Like wow. I'm like, like as far as like how many orgs um, I've played. Like I'm currently in like number like sixty eight, sixty nine, seventy, seventy one. I don't know. Uh, it's funny because I was about to say that part of the reason why I've gotten so many done so fast is due to the fact that I um, have been known to do up to four at a time. Um, however, I actually finally stopped doing that. I say until now where I'm all of a sudden accidentally in four again. Um, I was only doing one, max two, but then I um, I have one that's a little bit of a faster format, and so I decided to sign up for, to agree to do two that would um, end up going on at the same time as it. Um, just thinking that, like, the the first one that's a faster format will, will only be in three for a little bit. That was my thought. And then I I told my friend, he kept begging me to apply to this Orgio. So I told him I would, but that like the check-in process would be really important because if I didn't check in, it wasn't the right time for me because I, I just didn't think that it was a good idea. But I felt bad. I agreed to apply just in case something like, like for example, one of the games that um, I started hadn't started yet. And so I wasn't sure I'd been cast. So I was like, you know, something could change. I'll do the app. But I, like, made it clear if I didn't check in, like, I didn't want to do it. And then um, I didn't check in, but I sure did get cast revealed. Uh And in the first, like, hour of the game, somebody on my tribe left the server. So they had to, like, like, he never gave any explanation or anything. So they had to, like, replace him with an alternate. And then somebody else on my tribe also left the server um 
And his he actually at least gave an explanation. He apparently, for some reason, for some reason, thought that it was a like live one night Minecraft Survivor speed kind of thing. Oh. No one knows he thought that, but he did. <laughs> so I really didn't have the heart <laughs> after two members of my tribe quit immediately. So we're just going to roll with it. It's fine. I've done four before. I can do four again. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I started orgs two and a half years ago. Um. Somebody found me because I followed Peridium on Twitter <laughs> um, and asked me to apply for their game. I told him no. I said, I am too boring of a person. You don't want me. And then they asked me again, like a few months later for their next season. And I am a painfully polite person. <laughs> so I felt bad that they asked me twice. So I thought, you know what? I'm just as boring as I said I am. They'll see that and they won't want me for their little TV show or whatever. they Like I, I envisioned like a web series or something in my head, you know. I didn't mm-hmm. understand what they are talking about. So I thought that it would require, you know, you to be – like I thought it would be more a little bit more – exclusive or something but also i, I was definitely and it, it, to be honest this org is a little bit more exclusive like it isn't the easiest org to get cast on but like i also was grossly underestimating my like appeal so <laughs> i was very convinced that i was just like politely doing their little process um and that they wouldn't pick me and it'd be no big deal but then they did of course and um my husband at the time was a, not a great person <laughs> he was pretty uh he was a mess and um one of the things that was very bad about our relationship was the fact that he was very controlling like isolated me from most people um in particular like i mean it had gotten to the point where i was not allowed to talk to any males really that i didn't have to talk to like like I could talk to my father and like my boss and he would still get like weird about that sometimes. Mm. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I was like, how the hell am I going to get away with playing this game on the internet where I talk to strangers that <laughs> on the, internet? some of the mail, this is going to be great. Oh Lord. Um, but I sold him on it. I waited until the moment that was the best to sell him on anything. I waited until he was high as a kite <laughs> I sold him on it because that was when he was the nicest. And it went well at first, but I went in with very low expectations. I went in in the mindset that nobody was going to like me. I wasn't going to fit in. I've always had a hard time fitting in with people in real life. So, so like, I didn't think I would do well socially in the game. Um, anything like strategy, challenges, I wasn't going to be very smart because I've always kind of had like a slow learning curve with things, which... I'll tie that into Nexus Park real quick and say that, like, you have very unique challenges. And I have a very slow learning curve, so I did not do well in challenges. <laughs> I remember, uh, that is something I do remember about Nexus Park, is how many times you had to basically hold my hand so I didn't DNF. Like, I wasn't winning, it felt bad, and didn't want me to, like, literally DNF. So you'd be like, okay, these are the moves that you actually can make. <laughs> yes. Anyhow. Um... So I didn't think I'd be very smart. I didn't think I'd be very good at challenges or strategy. I didn't think people would like me. And mainly I also thought I was going to be boring. You know, like mm-hmm. um, I knew that there were viewers and hosts and people who, you know, paid attention to this. And 
it's it's interesting that I like understood this concept in my very first org, but I considered myself to be somebody who was going to be that person that like when people talked about the season afterward, um, I'd be that person that would like maybe get what brought up once in a blue moon is like, oh, remember that person who went out early? Barely remember, you know, I didn't think it'd be memorable at all or interesting. So I went in like, I'm going to suck at this. No one's going to like me. I'm going to go out early and no one's going to remember that I even did this. And I ended up liking it a lot. And so I was really devastated when I got 13th place and I didn't make merge and mm-hmm. I took it really, really hard. Um, and I think I took it hard more than anything. Um, you know, it took me a little bit to figure out because I've always been a good sport, um, like sportsmanship, like losing, like I'm not like a bad loser typically. So I didn't understand why I took it as hard as I did at first. But then I realized it kind of become an escape for me. And being that I was in a very, very toxic um, environment in my real life, this was just like a form of escapism that had been ripped away from me by getting voted out. And I think that was a big part of why my reaction was so intense at the time. Because um, I when I, I cried so much that my eyes swelled shut. Oh, no. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was like, it wasn't like my feelings were hurt by anybody or anything. Like, I don't remember feeling bitter or upset with anyone for voting me. I just was just really devastated for it to go away. Anyway, fast forward um, a week or two to the finale and I, I go, I watch the vote reading and stuff and they start giving out awards and I end up winning sweetheart of the season, most robbed pre-juror, um, Best showmance, Courtney and the viewers, and <laughs> and fan favorite. Wow. And then I just start, you know, now not once now that it's over, I just start getting this overwhelming outpouring of of love and support from these people. Like, um, just telling me how much they loved me, how amazing they thought I was. Um and for the record, I hadn't opened up about what was going you know, I think I would have understood it really well if I'd been like secretly like like open to some of my because I'm a very openly vulnerable person um in a general sense but like in that game I was still I'm still with my my abuser I was still living there so I didn't it's not like I told people my story I didn't I didn't do anything to make them empathize with me or or like me I was I was literally just there myself did my best so there was something extremely overwhelming about how many people had watched or like the people who played with me, all of the hosts, a bunch of the viewers, like everyone was just like, I was like the star of the show somehow. And I don't, I literally like, it wasn't even close. Like once you started reading this stuff, postseason stuff, just people were just massive fans of me. And I was so flabbergasted. Like I've never, I mean, even to this day, I'll tell you, I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> I still don't get it. I don't know what I did why they were so why you know why they just kind of rallied around me but man Hmm. that was weirdly the eye-opening thing for me um after like five to six years of being um in an abusive relationship an abusive marriage um one of the reasons why i didn't leave him was because i just didn't feel like there was anything else out there for me and there was something about a bunch of random people, random strangers, finding value in me on the internet that made me feel like, okay, if all these people think this highly of me, then I can start over. 
I can yeah. find new friends because since he had kind of robbed me of all the ones I had, I can find new friends. I can find a new partner down the line. Like I, I don't have to just like resign myself to this life. Um, there are people who will see value in me. Um, and so that was like kind of the, interestingly, the thing that gave me enough strength to leave. <laughs> and, uh, it was not the triumphant chick flick moment that you'd think it would be, you know, I leave, I go start staying in a motel next to my work and I was miserable. I wanted to go home so bad. I was, I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was in a really dark place. Um, I'd lost all interest in anything that I'd liked to do before. I couldn't bring myself to focus on TV books, talking to my friends, nothing. Um, and I was just so homesick and it was, it was terrible. And just when I was ready to just give up, I started talking to somebody from the game that I had played um, and ended up confiding in them about what I had going on. And they were like, um, they sent me um, like a list of like movie recommendations and stuff as well as the application for a discord org. And the thing is my first org I played was a Skype game. And for whatever reason, um, at that time, there was like some sort of um, like, what's the word for it? Um, the the people in the Skype community basically acted like Skype orgs were better and the Discord orgs <laughs> were terrible. And like that was, you know, mm -hmm. so that is what I heard. And I was like, aren't Discord orgs ba bad? Like, aren't we like, I thought that everyone said like not to do them. And he was like, do you, so do you need something to do or not? Like, why don't you just try? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. All right. So I apply for it. And I consider that game to have saved my life because I was in a really bad place. And that was the thing. Like, you know, I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, couldn't watch TV, couldn't talk to my friends, couldn't think of, do anything I like to do. But once I signed up for that game and it started, I could bring myself to want to do that. That was the thing that made me want to wake up each day. I would, you know, there was the, the escapism, you know, mm -hmm. and I put everything in that game and, uh, I ended up winning it and um, from there I just kind of started using orgs as like a security blanket. It was, you know, just, I I didn't have people, especially because I left him during a pandemic too, guys. So I didn't, I didn't have really like a support system because he'd isolated me from almost everyone in my life. Um, it was during a pandemic, so not a good time to meet people. Um, and that escapism helped me kind of keep my mind off of the trauma and things like that. So it very much became a safety blanket where I would put extra passion into doing well and not getting voted out for like the anxiety that if I didn't have an org to play all of my like demons that I was burying would creep up on me and I'd have like a mental breakdown or something. Um, but that's hard to sustain. It's very hard to sustain. Um, sure. And I started to get scared. And so I started stacking orgs and playing multiple at a time, you know, because you can't be voted out to the point where you don't have an org to play at all if you're in multiple orgs. I mean, you can actually, it happened to me once, but like, <laughs> in theory, in theory, you're up in your odds. Um, right, right. Yeah, but I, I said it happened to me once. In fact, it happened to me once is the moment that I finally realized that I don't need to be in an org at all times to function anymore. <laughs> like. I, I just, I had a flop era for a moment there. I, um, 
went pre-merge and I was in three orgs at once and I went pre-merge in all of them. I got <laughs> blindsided three times. Once with an idol in my pocket, oh, once wow. getting idled out and the other one voted out by my ally who I gave an idol to. Goodness. And so that was uh, my involuntary org break. I was off. <laughs> I, I had no org to play for nine whole days. <laughs> <laughs> the horror. Uh, and I, oh, I, I took it really bad the first day. I was so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to have to face all these things that I don't like to think about that I don't want to think about and stuff. And then it was like, by the second day, I was like, I don't have to vote anybody out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to worry about this. Cause here's the thing. I find voting people out to be a very emotional and difficult thing. I don't know how I do it constantly. I hate letting people down and it gives me a ton of anxiety and also the fear that I'm going to look like a fool. I think that's like the big thing. It's less about failure and more about looking like a fool. So I'm not, I'm not big on being like, even though I've been fortunate to have a lot of success, I'm not big on saying cocky things ever because the last thing I want is to say something confident and find myself wrong and blindsided and look stupid. I hate the idea of being like looking like a clown in front of people. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm not in a bunch of orgs right this second because I feel the need to be in a bunch of orgs at once anymore. Um, I told you at the beginning of this how that happened to me again. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's basically the gist of it all. I, I think um, it- sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just said I think I answered your question. Yeah, no, I think so. I. I'm not sure. I know I knew um, a good chunk of those details and and kind of how you got into things and all that sort of stuff. Part of it was in your application. I know you shared um, you shared a lot of it during during the season with with play other players. Um, and I I it's so I I, I don't know I I don't I don't mean to um, reduce it to anything, but like I, I really like that sort of story and and i mean it's a real thing but i I don't know if that makes sense but um it's so as someone who has seen a lot of different people come through alliance and then the other orcs that i've been connected to as someone who has um gotten to experience the highs and lows and goods and bads of players and viewers and whatnot it it really is so heartwarming to to see how much of a positive impact um the org community at large can like have on people in the way that it has on you and i I think that's so great i appreciate that thank you yeah i i something that I have noticed, I have two things to say about that. Thing number one, I'm very open about it um, for two reasons. Reason number one is because I'm very fortunate to not be the only person by far who has um, a story, you know, like about, I don't mean in general, obviously everyone has a story, but I meant in the org community, like some sort of more personal story about orgs and how they've affected a person very positively um, like on a on a deeper level. Um, so sharing my story a lot of the time has 
felt made others feel empowered to share theirs. And that is just, just like you, I love to hear about this community that did so much for me doing great for things for other people, but also, um, without elaborating very much, I'll say that the other reason why I've learned to be really open and vulnerable about my, um, abuse story is because, um, being a victim of an abuser is a really difficult thing for people who haven't been through that to understand. And it can be very hard to talk to other people about that because a lot of the time the response from people who haven't been through that are things like, why don't you just leave? Right. I would know. Of course. And but being really open and vulnerable with people about what I've been through, I've had a lot of people who are going through similar things or have feel comfortable coming to me as somebody they feel they can talk to either about what they're going through or ask for advice or help. And also, you know, the fact that I know that for me, a very small piece of the puzzle as to what helped me leave as well was that I met someone in that first org who um, had been in a, a toxic relationship himself and had left it and was doing really well. And I remember that was also another thing that I was thinking about at the time where I was like, oh, look, this person did it. So maybe I can too. So I just, I'm not saying I've, I've managed to help anybody leave an abuser. I've never really had any follow-up to that degree, but I've definitely um, been able to be a, a person of support for people um, who find it embarrassing or difficult to open up about what they're going through and see me as somebody who might understand. And I think that that's really important because it was something that really helped me escape and, and get through it myself back in the day. So I try to kind of put that back out into the world by being really open because you just never know who you're going to actually really, who's really going to relate to you until they DM you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point that, you know, it's, I feel like that's kind of been the trajectory that so many um, causes and things of that nature have taken in recent years of, you know, do you get people speaking up in public about this, that, and the other thing, and you start to get people in private realizing that maybe they didn't know that they were in that group or experiencing that negative situation or had no idea how to get out of it or take the steps to improving the situation they were in and um it's it's crazy that it's it's as simple as sharing that can save and, and help so many people in that way yeah i think a lot of people um I think a lot of people uh, are able to learn about themselves or feel empowered by, you know, seeing other people do the, you know what I mean? I'm that way at least. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad that your uh, org journey ultimately led you here to Alliance. Um, for a, a myriad of reasons and uh we I, I know one of the things i think i don't know if it was specifically in your 
um, application or not, but I remember you mentioning at one point uh, that you were really looking for a community or somewhere that didn't have a lot of people that recognized you given your <laughs> uh, reputation as being fairly good at these things and, and so, so forth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which uh, I think you said that um, you didn't really recognize anybody that you knew when you kind of joined the, the HQ server, which was, uh, you know, a, a point <laughs> in the right direction. Um, but, uh, when, when the didn't get, when you, when everybody gets marooned, I believe there were one or two people that you did actually have some familiarity with on the cast. If that's, if I remember mm -hmm. remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, off so, the top of my head, I knew Nay, who was on the other tribe. Mm -hmm. um, she went out and, um, in the pre-merge, so I didn't run into her in the game. And then. I didn't really know Sparrow, but Sparrow knew me. Mm -hmm. It was just really ironic because, as you said, I joined Alliance because I thought that it would be a good opportunity to join a new community where people didn't recognize me. And Sparrow's attempt at saying nice things and nice, meaningful things about me um, in his exit message led to part of why Alliance my season of Alliance at least did not end up being as pleasant of an experience for me as I thought it would be. Um, because I found out during FTC that at minimum, um, I, I remember, I believe it was brand that they didn't want to work with me. Um, and they didn't like that. I was never as included in that group or, or trusted or things as much because they saw me as a big threat because of of sparrow calling me his org superhero on his way out the door yeah uh i had kind of forgotten about that until i started doing the interviews uh that i've done with the uh you know, members of the jury and then pre-merge and i remember getting to that point and i've asked a couple of people so far like you know if you're you you it doesn't matter like what familiarity you have with the rest of the cast or um anything you know if you're coming into a scenario and everybody's and there's this one other person in the group that points at you and is like oh man this person is fantastic this is you what this is the best i see i've watched you this many times and i thought you were just absolutely sublime and xyz superlative 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 like I thought uh, in the moment, you know, you did a, I thought you did a good job of not, it's hard to like react to that and respond to that in a way to at all try to diffuse the things that are being said about you. Um, I thought you did an admirable, jo admirable job given the circumstances, but it, it's really hard to ignore something like that, especially when it's about people that you don't know anything about and, and as so many people didn't know you and so that was one of the early things that they learned or at least were told so it's something that's kind of really difficult to dissociate that early unfortunately yeah i it was very it was the way it went though was very surprising to me because i'll i'll tell you i mean as i mentioned i'm well known uh because i've played <laughs> a lot of orgs and i've been 
very fortunate. So my abilities and stuff comes up all the time. And it was just, it was so wild to me, I guess, just how that time I, I can, I can kind of understand certain, or I at least have theories in certain ways as to why it was that way. But it was just like, I mean, you don't know how many times, like I've been in an Oregon and somebody's been like, <laughs> Courtney is amazing socially. Like, <laughs> If you like, you might find yourself if you talk to her, you might find yourself liking her. That's her trap, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, things like I've seen court like every server that I'm in with Courtney, she won. Like, watch out for her. <laughs> She's obviously made like, and like still been able to to navigate that. And most people just brush off anything that they've heard about me and and focus on the experience they have with getting to know me or whatever. But so it was kind of surprising to me because really, you know, what's interesting. I'm actually going to look for it. I, I still have. I still have Sparrow's words screenshotted. I never got them. <laughs> um, I'm going to look it up right now because what he said was I've, I've I mean, he said, yeah, he said, when I realized I was here with Court, I almost cried. Court was a finalist in the first org I watched. She has been my org superhero ever since. Meeting her here was one of the best experiences of my life. And I'm proud to say we became friends. That's all he said. I was a zero vote finalist in that org. <laughs> yeah. There's more impressive things that could have been said about me. I'm so surprised that like of, of all the times I've been in the situation where people have been like, did you know that she did this thing and that thing that the, the somebody saying she's my hero. She was a finalist in an org once. We're <laughs> like, you know what? We, just, we can't take our chances here. But I get it um, from the perspective that a lot of the people I was playing with were new players. And that is definitely gives you a slightly different perspective than somebody who's played more than once, you know? Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of the people who were having that reaction to me were new to orgs. And so I could see how with that newbie mindset that anything could come across as a lot more threatening than like to a vet would. So. And on top of that like i'm probably i'm pretty confident that someone like chaco and bramble um this uh being their first orgs i don't think they really maybe maybe even understood the gravity of just how big the community might have been to know that like yeah somebody could have gotten to 10 ftcs but they could also played like a hundred games to achieve that or the fact that there are hundreds if not thousands of orgs out there uh, you know you play enough times you're getting to the finals eventually usually hopefully yeah um and you know while that's still whatever the case may be it's still a great like accomplishment nothing that that sparrow said really included anything that you know just it was mostly like you were a finalist didn't really talk about how you got there didn't really you know didn't say anything that indicated it was a routine or a habit that you had just like you did it once you know mm -hmm. um and if you're not really aware that there are so many and that people can be playing four at the same time and so forth uh i'm sure it comes across even more um impressive or uh relevant than maybe it, it otherwise would yeah, and I can understand that because I definitely, I definitely wouldn't have like targeted 
people who had played orgs before when I was new, but I definitely remember when I was a brand new player thinking that anyone who had won before was better than me. Anyone who had, who had played before was better than me. Anyone who had hosted before was better than me, you know, mm-hmm. that was more so of me thinking, you know, thinking low of my own abilities. Like I would have never like targeted somebody for those things, but I do remember being way more impressed with those things than like I would. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, none of those things mean anything yeah. at all. Yeah. I, I've, um, I think I've said a couple of times that like, maybe we'll add um, a role to the HQ that if you've won an org, that's not Alliance, like you can have this role or whatever. And I haven't done it yet, but my, my expectation is that like, 50% of the server is going to end up with that role because that's just the reality of the situation. Um, it, it just, it, it's so prevalent that if you spend enough time, you know, you'll, you'll get there somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I know a girl, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but I know a girl who has played over 300 orgs. Wow. And, she has won three of them and um she has she takes on a lot at a time usually double digit orgs at once (laughs) and most of the games i've seen her play she has gone out almost immediately because she's playing like 10 12 15 orgs at a time right no nobody can be that active and that many (laughs) you know not very active gets booted early in a lot of games but despite that, she just keeps doing it. And like I said, she's won three times. <laughs> like 300. But you get what I'm saying? Like, if all she did was go to people and say, yeah, I've won three orgs. Some people might find that to be very intimidating. Three org wins. That's, that's a yeah. lot. But, you know, when you put it in the perspective of three org wins out of 300. Right. It's, you know. Actually, by the way, I just want to say this just in case she hears this. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying she's a bad player by any means. I just I just think she spreads herself too thin. Um, when I've seen her playing less at a time, she does a lot better. But I'm just I'm just making the point that like right. somebody could have multiple wins. It's, it's you mentioned this before where you were saying like you could make ten finals but have had to play a hundred times to do it. Like yeah, like I mean she's like I know somebody who's played 300 times to have three wins you know so yeah absolutely uh it it's all uh, relative and about the circumstances and i think even even not even having to like play a couple of times really just having to kind of know how prevalent and uh prolific players can be uh just kind of gives you that secondary mind set of like well all right like who cares if this person won who cares if they've made it to an ftc before like this is a different org this org does things different than every other org just like every other org does different things differently from everybody else and you know who's this like who knows what you know especially like learning about all the orgs that exist and realizing just how unique and distinct so many of them are uh, is you know you could like the first season of alliance was 16 people who all like knew each other 
fairly well <laughs> prior to playing. So there was a lot, like, you know, including um, Jeffrey on production and his wife, Amber, who started on the same tribe that season. So, like, <laughs> like that's a really... I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of other orgs who have had similar situations like that. And, like, that's just... That's not going to happen, right, in most games. You're not going to find a married couple playing in the same game. You're not going to find... Or, like, you know, at this point, we explicitly try to avoid relationships like that and that wasn't even a thought the first time i set things up so it's it's yeah there's just so many variables yeah exactly um so yes so uh <laughs> unfortunate very unfortunate that it impacted you here um when when sparrow exited the game um so let's see uh you started on the orange mirth tribe um you were there with bramble brendan chaco uh jimmy smm sparrow trip and waxler uh <laughs> and i guess so uh i think at the time you said at the time you said you'd played 23 orgs uh, I don't know if that is restricted to the Discord ones or not. No, it wasn't. Okay. Um, so I guess get, dipping your feet into Nexus Park and Alliance. How, how um, many had I won at that point? Uh, you said you'd won four at this point. Oh, so I wasn't even nearly as scary as I am now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you said I'd won four times. You've been top five 15 times. You'd won eight heroes of the season, seven social butterflies. Uh, those were the accolades <laughs> you provided us. I've lost track of the social butterflies, but I am up to 29 hero of the seasons. Wow, and nice. <laughs> 21 wins. And um, I, don't, I don't know about the top four, top five off the top of my head, but I uh, am final tribal council 33 times wow so that's about that's almost about 50 percent yeah ftcs jeez yeah almost that's that's pretty good um yeah that's that's terrifying <laughs> <laughs> no yeah no i mean as sparrow you know said that i was just gone home right like, yeah <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> I, you were saying about my tribe, what were you saying about my tribe? You were asking me about it? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess just huh? like what, how did you feel you got along with the uh, people in your tribe to start with, first impressions, that sort of thing? Um, so one thing that was going on at that time was, or like one thing that was like, I felt was difficult for me at that time was, you know, as as stated um i was in multiple games i can't remember which ones off the top of my head which ones i know i was in holid holidorg that was one of them um but yeah i was in i was in four games at the time and um i did make the end of all of them um and so i had it but like the thing that was like the most struggle for me is like so i was having a hard time at first um because of like 
I'm not as good with in-server DMs um, at remembering to, like, keep up with them as I am with out-of-server DMs. Mm -hmm. um, because I would say it's more common for me to play orgs that have the out-of-server DMs. Where, you know, just being on Discord in general, you'll automatically, like, get them, like, see the message and not have to be in the server or have the server unmuted. Um, so that was... That was one thing I was trying to get used to. Um, but the biggest thing for me is that I'm just more comfortable and, and ultimately traditionally more successful at my bond building when I talk to people rather than type to people. Mm -hmm. So that was another thing I felt was kind of a, it felt kind of like um, a roadblock to settling in well with my tribe was just, there wasn't really options to to talk rather than type unless i wanted to like get in tribe chat but I, like to have like to form like one-on-one -on -one relationships over vc was not something that was on the table for us um and yeah so i mean i hit it off with sparrow obviously really fast because he was a big fan of me um <laughs> from having seen me play a game where again i was a zero vote finalist <laughs> <laughs> um there's a lot of so that org in particular i'm not gonna super get into this but that org in particular was like um the the host of that org is really big on like recruiting people who have never played an org before and what he does is he makes those people um like spectate a season first before he lets them play and so that game that Sparrow saw was a game where like a lot of the um, people who watched it, like watched it very closely because they'd never played an org before. And I, I played a really good game in that, um, but I didn't want to win. <laughs> um, so I put no effort into my FTC performance and like did not take ownership of all the things that I'd done. Um, reason being funny enough, was um everyone in that game was new except for me like there was like two other people who had played like one or two orgs before but like everyone else in that game had like oh like nah like 90 percent of that cast was a brand new org player playing their first org for, for the first time and my thought process was that because it showed as well like it really showed <laughs> that these people like did not know what they were doing like Nexus Park, for example, we had a lot of like newer players, but they picked it up really well and it really did not affect their playing ability much. But in this game, these people were new and it showed <laughs> like, like there were points where I felt like I was playing worse only because I was playing in the mindset of anticipating the moves that like a, like a good experienced player would make. And then they would do something that like was so such a bad move that it would like throw me off um mm -hmm. anyway so i went in like i was in this mindset that like okay um this community means everything to me and if we don't continue to get new players into this community this community will die i don't want this community to die so these new players being here and like staying and continuing to play other orgs is an important part of the circle of org life, so to speak. And I thought to myself, if I demolish these people, because I don't mean this to sound cocky, I'm just, I could have. Like, I, 
I could have. Um, I felt like if I demolish these people at this game, they're going to think they're not very good at it. And they're not, maybe they won't want to play anymore. Cause some people, you know, I'm the kind of person where if I feel like I'm not very good at something, I may not feel like it's right for me. Um, and again, I don't want to sound cocky by saying that I could have, could have demolished them. But like, I say that from the perspective of somebody who made FTC with ease, with no votes ever cast against me. <laughs> um, so like, I'm not saying that just in a like, yeah, because I'm just such a good, like I actually did <laughs> do very well. And that was putting in less effort. <laughs> so like, I was not trying as hard. I would basically just kind of vibe unless something I didn't want to happen was happening. And then I would like make a few phone calls and, and get my way. <laughs> Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, like I said, I, uh, I just hate to come across cocky ever, but like genuinely in that game, I, I had the power to, to run circles around new players. And I didn't think that that was, I didn't think that that was for the greater good. The greater good is these people enjoying their first org experience, feeling empowered, feeling like they, they did well. So I, told myself I wasn't going to like literally like get my ass voted out, but I wasn't trying to win. I wasn't trying to impress or do anything too, too um, notable because I wanted, I wanted this to be, you know, you know what I mean? Like me winning this game would be cool or whatever, I guess, but me winning my like fifth org or fourth or whatever at that time, me winning again, is not as a good of a story as somebody winning their first org and people went, you know, getting player of the season and things like feeling like they, you know, slayed in their first time playing this game for a show that they love, you know? Yeah. And I like good stories. Not every story is my story. Sometimes I'm a character in a story. And so, yeah, I did not want to win that game. So I did not try to win that game. But I did actually control a lot of it and have a lot of power and stuff. And so the viewers, um, I still, even to this day, it's so funny to me, even to this day, even though that was so long ago, have people sometimes be like, oh my God, I saw Prison Break. You were so robbed. (laughs) The viewers saw how much control I had. So they were very shocked when I got like no credit at the end and and got no votes but I wasn't because I I had done that on purpose I made it I made a point to not to not win which we'll get to this later I'm sure but I also wasn't really trying to win alliance by the end of it either um so not to the degree of um not to the degree of prison break where I was fully throwing but like I, I wanted Bird to, to have it. I felt like it would mean more to them. Um, um, that's interesting. I, not that I'm surprised by that, but I guess, I I don't know. Like, what, what's the if there is one a thought process behind say, uh, whoever won Prison Break or Bird, you know learning that that was the case like how do you you know i guess like how much does it impact the that person's outcome when maybe a year or a week or a month or however long it is down the line they learn oh uh one of my competitors was 
kind of playing with an arm tied behind their back, so to speak. You know, that is a very fair thing. And I absolutely do consider that in, in any circumstance. Because this is, I mean, these two examples are not the only examples where I've gone in in that mindset. And um, even in Alliance, and Bird could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty darn confident. No, I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident. Like, I didn't, like, Bird wasn't um, unaware of my approach to FTC because I went to Bird and gave them advice. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying, too, is like I didn't throw FTC and Alliance like I did in um, Prison Break. What happened was I gave Bird advice. I helped them make their case. I helped them plead their case. I helped them figure out what they needed to say and how they needed to say it. And then I went and I went and I did my thing, too. But I took the person who I knew was the favorite to win and empowered them more even though I was against them, like, even though they were my competitor. So like, that's what I did there. And they were obviously aware this was happening because they were letting me give them this advice and things like that. Um, and I had told them that I wanted them to win more than I wanted to win because I knew how much it meant to them. Um, so they knew all of that. So I don't think that there's any residual feelings from Bird of like, wow, like, you know, Courtney, Courtney gave me a layup and now I feel like like they knew I was doing that. Um, prison Break. I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't really think the kid that won Prison Break cares. Funny enough, the person I was trying to, <laughs> the person I was trying to set up to win again, knew I was and was all for it. He didn't care how he got it. He just wanted it. Hmm. But then he didn't win. The other guy did. <laughs> but uh. I don't think he either. <laughs> I I don't know if he knows that or not. But I I highly doubt that he is like just knowing that guy's personality. But yeah. When I'm in these situations, I don't just like behind somebody's back, try to play the hero and give them the, like, I I typically do it in the form of offering to do it or um, especially in the form of trying to help them with their speech and help them with their, plead their case and things like that. Um, And I've been in situations before where I've had somebody going to the end with me say like, I don't want that. I want the best player to win. I want you to give it your all and I'm going to give it my all. And I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then I do. Um, it just really depends on the person. I mean, at the end of the day, it is just an internet game for internet credit. So okay. I don't think that people being down for the assistance are lesser players or anything because it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of the world. But yeah, it's just... It's just me sometimes, like I said, I don't consider myself to be the main character of every story. When I see somebody who I've grown to care about close to to winning and see that they really care and that it would really mean a lot to them to get that, I don't typically want to take it away from them unless there's a reason why that specific org also means a lot to me specifically, you know, which happens. Like there are times where I care a lot about a specific, you know, I have something to prove. There's something that in my head for some reason or another, it's a big deal. But, you know, in those cases, it was a bigger deal to someone else. And so I just did my best to do what felt like the right thing, I guess. But yeah, I didn't settle in very good with my tribe. Um, I thought SMM and I kind of hit it off, but I guess he was <laughs> making up stuff about me behind my back. And, uh, <laughs> I, a Sparrow obviously hit it off with me, but then left. 
and then I just was trying and trying and trying and trying and trying with the people from my tribe and was just flabbergasted that I just didn't feel like I was making any real progress. You know, you can feel that vibe. You can feel that connection. You can feel when you break through that barrier and start to really form a real human relationship with somebody. And it was just like that barrier was just not going away no matter what I did. And I started, like, I started, I started getting creative. I don't know if you remember this. I was so desperate to talk instead of type because I was so confident that I was better at communicating that way. That I was sending videos of myself to these people. I was sending audio recordings, anything I could do. Yep. No, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, nothing was working and I just did not understand. <laughs> like what was, what was the problem? Like what was going on? I remember thinking, over and over again during that season that if this was my first org ever i would have never played another org again because i have always had a hard time socially and fitting in in real life and this the way that i felt i was socially integrating into this game basically that no matter how hard i tried to get people to like me they only were tolerating me <laughs> was how i felt um, that's how I felt in real life socially so many times, you know, in school and at my work. And like, I've always had a hard time, you know, I, I just always feel like no matter how hard I try to like connect with people and like be seen as cool or interesting or get people to want to be my friend, I really struggle with that. Um, and orgs was a place where it was the literal opposite where people are like, Oh my God, she's so amazing socially. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, it was really interesting to me to be in this experience where it felt like my real life where you know no matter what i did sent audios and videos opened up about my personal life got vulnerable tried to make jokes tried to anything i could think of to be likable and i just felt like there was always this wall that i couldn't break down that i did not and i was also so flabbergasted that it was like so many people you know it was like four people that just would not let me in and i was like you know, because I, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, it's not like I've never run into anybody in an org before that I wasn't their <laughs> cup of tea, right? Sure. But multiple people, like an entire tribe just will not, like, <laughs> warm up to me. Like, I could not understand what was going on. I remember uh, I played tennis in high school. Um, and I remember uh, one of my coaches during that time telling me that she had had a different uh, student who um, would would take every opportunity to sort of train themselves. And what she meant was that, you know, she'd be playing in a legitimate tournament match. Um, she'd be a higher seed or, or a better seed in that tournament. She'd be playing somebody who was significantly worse than her. And... So she knew she could go out there and beat this person, you know, straight sets easily without really breaking a sweat. And so what she would do is kind of set some internal goals for herself in terms of that match. Like, okay, you know, this part of my game has been struggling recently. I'm going to try to see if I can win as many points as I possibly can using that alone. And so instead of winning, you know, 6-0, 6-0, you know, she wins 6-4, 6-3, 6-whatever. 
Um, it becomes a closer, more competitive match, but it also enables her to kind of like train this weaker part of her game and, and you know, iron out some of the issues that it has or that sort of thing. So in that sense, um, you know, as someone who has played as many orgs as you have, do you, is this sort of this this barrier, this wall that kept you from really connecting with so many people on Mirth, is that a scenario where it kind of galvanizes you to overcome it? It's like, you know, not, you know, like you said, you I'm sure there's always going to be somebody somewhere that just isn't going to vibe with you, but it's not often that you're going to find an entire, you know, group of people who all happen to be on the same tribe as you in the pre-merge portion of the game that won't let you in. So, yeah, like, is that a situation where you're like, gosh, this is not, you know, do you approach situations like that when you play that are so abnormal to the typical experiences you're used to? And you're like, gosh, how do I a challenge how do i get out of this how do i circumnavigate this dilemma get over this hurdle that side of thing yeah i mean i'm a very competitive person um so i don't i I don't have a ton of examples of that but there's there's another game that comes to mind or no two on the top of my head two other games that come to mind of a similar nature where like i just did not manage to to you know initially breakthrough um like i normally do and struggled with that and um in every scenario it just made me feel very very competitive to like prove a point to do something about it to you know to to say hey you know you know this is something you're good at so like prove it like (laughs) you can't you can't always like one of my biggest insecurities as a player is the fact that I get so much credit for social that sometimes I am fully either I'm either dismissed from any credit for strategic or even straight up like people will straight up criticize my strategic ability and say I don't really have it and so like I remember even in um, Nexus Park thinking to myself that like okay I don't have the social game this time, you know? So let's prove a point to myself. Prove a point to myself by getting through in another way. Because what I was trying to achieve at a certain point in Nexus Park where I had this thought in my head where I was like, okay, it didn't get handed to you this time. People didn't just fall all over themselves wanting to be your number one. You don't fit in. You're not You're not the, the beloved you know, person on this cast that everybody wants to work with and thinks is so nice. People are like, so how do you get through it? Like strengthen your strategic game, strengthen your ability to get by in a, you know, you can to do it, you know? Yeah, no, that's, I, I like that. That's, that's, it's, it's the, um, just the, not adversarial, um, um, adversity the adversity of being in a situation that like i know meg um has had a history of when she plays she's a very social player and one of the games she played she really wanted to find a way to prove to herself and or to other people 
that she was more than that, that she could be strategic, that she could do well in challenges, that she could, you know, control things from a different component of, of how thing, how, of, of how these games work. And that isn't, you know, it, it's, I, I don't know. We, I guess, uh, jumping ahead a little, but like, do you feel you, I, I know you said toward the end of this season that, um, you know, being in the position that you were early on and still managing to get to the end uh, was something that you were really proud of yourself for being able to do. Uh, is that, you know, did you accomplish the goal that you kind of set for yourself in terms of how the season ended as sort you know, results-wise? Yeah, because I wanted a couple of things. Um, I wanted to overcome... Like, it was interesting because I wanted to overcome feeling ostracized by my OG tribe people. And first, my my path to trying to do that was to get them to love me. And it didn't work. <laughs> um, so after trying and trying and trying and trying and trying that, I finally said, all right. <laughs> and um, my other, my my big goals, though, once I really, you know, got a gra- grasp of what I felt my situation in this game was was I wanted to get to the end knowing that I wasn't doing well socially for once and like do it by using other skills, like I said. And also I had never prior to that, like I'd played in orgs before where I'd ended up on the bottom where I'd lost allies or people wanted me out because of like being a threat or like I'd been on the bottom before, but anytime I'd ever been on the bottom, I hadn't made it past final juror. So I wanted to make it to the end as the underdog. I wanted to make it to the end as like the person who you know was on the bottom and was on and like and get to the end anyhow because I'd never done that before and I accomplished those things mm-hmm. now it's interesting because it definitely occurred to me the thought had crossed my mind with how personally I took people feeling like people didn't like me um the thought had crossed my mind that i would get some satisfaction from like winning the game and um despite it all but at the end of the day by the time i was approaching it it was really just about getting to the end that was all that i really needed to feel like i had proven something to myself or achieved something the actual winning wasn't i felt really hurt by some of the people and I guess it just made me feel as though like winning is finally winning their approval and it it just got to the point where I didn't want it anymore I didn't I didn't oh realize I took you off speaker sorry (laughs) you're okay um no I I I get I definitely understand that I I think um it it reminds me of and maybe this I don't know maybe this is sort of kind of what you're headed but like if there are people who you know aren't going to aren't responding positively to you don't like you whatever the case may be um i think like you said you know maybe winning could you know change that out outlook but i think there's also the chance that it could even sour them more if that makes sense Mm-hmm. I know um I big fan of movies, watch a lot of movies, uh probably more invested in uh the Academy Awards than I should be, than really anybody should be. And 
one of the things I hear a lot is, um, you know, when you have these really big popular movies that get nominated for Best Picture and, you know, there's all this advertising campaign and whatnot. But um, something that comes from the aftermath of the winner of this award is this assessment of like, well, was it a good thing or not that these movies won or lost? And will the will time be kind to them because of it? And so I, I've heard of multiple people who are more invest more into that scene than I am even that, you know, oh yeah, X movie is going to be so much better for having not won because the stigma around winning is, you know, you become, you're put under such a, such a larger microscope than anyone else is because it's one thing to just have to be held up as like, well, did you, did you deserve to make it to the end of the game? You know, did you, are, are you somebody who deserves to be here at the end? And like, that's a very different question from, are you someone who deserved to win the game? Are you someone who I think is worthy of that title? Uh, and so forth. Like, and not only that, like now you're also looking at the ripple of, well, now I'm, you know, what, 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 what happened to the, you know, three, four, five, six people who voted for them or voted for you to win? Like, does that affect how I view them? Um, so I can kind of see that side of things in, you know, if you're heralded as a winner, as opposed to a finalist, um, there's more scrutiny, there's more assessment, more judgment, typically, with that sort of thing. Like, I know, I know Bird gets it. I know, uh, you know, they were the villain of the season, as voted by the viewers, they won the season. Um, And I think just looking at the FTC and Nexus Park and how split the jury's vote was there, like that's reflective of the viewers too, I'm sure, in who they thought should have won. And so, it, you know, it puts them under the microscope more than you or Steph because they were the one that did win. And uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's tricky. For sure. For sure. And I mean, obviously, I have one other orgs that's mentioned. And I've definitely been in that position where people have analyzed my success. And, you know, I, I mean, there's always, well, not always, but there's definitely many, many occasions where, you know, you succeed. And then you have the people who are like, that jury was bitter and um, they didn't deserve it. And this person was robbed and, ah, you know, so Mm -hmm. definitely something that is a price to pay when you win is that you, your win may be analyzed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, you, does it end up holding up a year down the line uh, as more people get added to that group of winners and like you have more people to be compared against and the community grows. And so you have more people coming in who are like, Oh, how did, how did bird win? How did, uh, you know, how did RDT win? How did whoever win their season? And what, what did they do? Why are they so good at it? And it can be really like, uh, those are questions I wouldn't want to have to answer personally because 
you know, then you, you know, it's, it's very ripe for second guessing yourself as far as like, oh, maybe de- did I actually deserve to win? Should I have won? Like, I don't know. Um, and I'm sure there are other people who are who feel similarly in terms of that sort of thing. Yeah. I've been through that exact experience, so, <laughs> you know, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, let's see here. Uh, I guess, so some of the challenges that you had to do during the pre-merge, um, uh, let's see, we got the Ferris wheel, a check-in challenge with a couple of restrictions placed on it uh, that gave you an opportunity to talk to people in the other tribe. Um, it was fairly early, so I don't know if you were fully aware of how difficult it was going to be to bond with the other Mirth players at this point, but did you, there were a couple of opportunities in, in the pre-merge to get, uh, to converse with the other tribe. Did you, I don't know, did you see, sense greener pastures over there during that point, those points? It was definitely not something that I was worrying about at that time. You know, I, I, the, the whole thing with like where I stood with the people was like, it was like a, a process, right? You know, at first it was like, oh, I'm not being active enough. Then it was like, oh, I'm just, it's me being only in DMs. I need to start finding ways to communicate with these people by talking instead of typing because I'm better that way. Um, you know what I mean? Like I had a lot of like, like, even though I felt the the distance at first, I wasn't taking it as bad or um, feeling as defeated about it because in my head, I was like, oh, if I change this, it'll make it better. If I change that, it'll make it better. It wasn't until I started to feel that I tried like everything <laughs> that, um, that I finally started to feel like, okay, well, maybe this is not working out. So... No, I wasn't really thinking about the other tribe or greener pastures or anything like that in those those pre-merge moments because I was I still had a lot of hope that I just needed to, you know, figure out what I was doing wrong and fix it. And that once I did, it would be back to normal for me and I would, you know, fit in and make friends with these people and things would go better. And then and that just didn't work. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, you, uh, in the Ferris wheel challenge, you ended up, um, I would say you were the one out of both tribes who took on the most, uh, overnight shifts, uh, and also in, in, in sequence, I think it looks like you were, you know, you were basically riding the Ferris wheel from nine, 10 PM uh the first night into like eight or nine in the morning the next the next day uh i guess one did you sleep at all and two i'm guessing you've uh, taken part in other check-in type challenges elsewhere is this kind of your typical approach to these challenges or was this just more so because of the people in your tribe or was it something else um I am somebody who is really good at waking up for a second and falling right back asleep. There you go. Um, so it's very common for me when I'm in a check-in challenge of this nature um, 
to take on nighttime stuff because if I don't have somebody on my tribe who's like Australian or something <laughs> to do that, I'm somebody who doesn't feel like I'm sacrificing much to wake up for like one minute every hour, every however many hours it is, wake up every so often, type something on my phone and then just roll back over. I don't really have a hard time falling back asleep from that. So it's just, is it the best night of sleep I've ever gotten? Absolutely not. But it, it's not that bad. And a lot of people aren't able to do that either because it's just not something that they're as good at with the way that they sleep as I am or maybe their life, you know, especially like people with children and stuff. You can't just like wake up or like partners. Like you just can't wake up every hour to do an org challenge. So no, absolutely. Uh, I've heard many, many frustrating uh, tales of spouses and and the like um, related to 24-hour challenges in general. Um, that That's a pretty, pretty nifty uh, sleeping ability to have in this particular circumstance. And, yes. And uh, not, not too bad. Um, so uh, unfortunately, despite your best efforts, um, while eight or no, seven of the nine people in your tribe end up with a perfect score in this challenge, Trip never shows up. Uh, the the player who ultimately it's going to be the first person voted out, who I believe you had weren't even aware that was on your tribe until his name was first brought up as a target. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Has that ever happened to you before? Um, once. Okay. But it, in this case because we were supposed to request our one-on-ones like I didn't have one with him and so that was a big part of how I didn't notice <laughs> yeah this was um this predates I think or maybe it doesn't I was gonna say I thought it predated when we had a cast channel but it does not um but no yeah if you don't have a dm channel with somebody I'm sure it can be fairly easy to forget that that person exists um after a day or two goes by definitely and trip never showed up i don't think sent a single message in the server after getting out of marooning so yeah <laughs> that that'll do it um let's see here uh so you mentioned earlier that um some of the challenges we did were uh unique and or difficult in various ways shapes and forms um so i think we're gonna get gonna touch on a couple of those uh we've got space cadet which was you were paired up with somebody across the way and competing against them in turn in solving various at times simple and other times more difficult tasks uh over a 30 minute period where the messages would disappear after enough time passed and there was a lot of um, spoiler text, which made it more difficult, and uh, and this, that, and the other thing. And first person to get the task right got the points for it. Um, you competed against Spenjamin. I don't know how well you remember this challenge, but is this one of the ones that wasn't really in your wheelhouse? 
Um, I don't. I mean, you probably have my score, so maybe it was, but I don't remember. <laughs> I, I don't remember what I'm referring to as being like, "Oh my god, I can't do this." Um, I might not. Have, I don't remember if I did well or not in it, but I definitely don't remember that as being one of them where I was like, "My brain literally doesn't understand what I'm supposed to do." <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think the the general concept was fairly straightforward. Um, Spengeman, I know, was quite quick on the keyboard. Uh, he did outscore you by a fairly substantial margin. <laughs> um, uh, 47 to 7. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, not your best moment, but... Um, yeah, I guess it's uh, yeah, still still stuff that I think, in general, is capable you know capable of being being done. I'm scrolling through the channel and you know you were a couple of times he was just faster than you, or something to that effect. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this challenge, uh, while you were all paired up in one v one matches, it wasn't strictly how many matches your team won it was more about how many points your team got in total uh so euphoria ends up winning this 179 to 147 and uh that will send you back to tribal council and this is the cycle where sparrow is voted out um so now obviously now obviously you know the person who's going to be the target this time uh in these earlier votes when you're not really able to connect with some of the with the bigger group of um bramble chaco and waxler who are kind of in control of these things uh was there any thought attempt uh goal to go against their 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 direction or was voting their way part of your strategy to maybe ingratiate yourself better with them i mean i don't know that at least that early and i can't I, it was a while ago yeah but i don't know that early if i necessarily realized fully that they were like running running the game you know or like running the drive because those first two votes were so easy the mm. first vote was somebody who wasn't there and the second vote was someone who asked to go sure so figuring out power structure or no thinking like you know what i mean it's a lot easier when your boots are so straightforward to stay calm and not feel on the outs on the outs yet you know mm -hmm. definitely people aren't talking to you as much or aren't connecting to you as much it's just because that's how they are like that was another thing i definitely considered in the early part of things was like okay maybe these people you know they have kids and they have you know jobs and maybe they don't talk that much because they're not talking to me that much and over time I learned that wasn't the case and it was there was a difference in in communication between me and them versus them with other people but like at the time that early I wasn't I don't think I really was worried yet fair enough that no that makes sense uh it can I think it's easy to kind of we'll see in the or I guess you won't technically see it, but it happens kind of on Euphoria when they get uh, the second time they go to Tribal Council because it's much later into the game and because that the vote's not quite as easy. There's a fairly large rift between the group over there 
that doesn't really ever exist over on Mirth. Um, because, yeah, it was quite straightforward, these first two votes. And now you're down to seven people and it becomes a lot trickier to maneuver things at that point. So, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought, I remember if we go to the next round <laughs> um, that we went, I think I thought I was going home the round that Jimmy went. Like, I was not confident at all that it was going to be him and not me. <laughs> so, um, No, I, I do kind of remember that now that you say something. Um, let's see if I can get to it really quickly. <laughs> um, so let's see. Because uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I think it was during the next cycle where you did win the immunity challenge. One of the viewer questions you answered, you said that you didn't think you were on the bottom at that point. Um, but I don't see anything as to whether or not um, when we do get to the Jimmy vote as far as how you felt in terms of things uh you I do say said something during the tribal though oh, or in the have. one or the other like i said something about it where i was like because i remember afterward because i said something where i'm like i don't like it was like during tribal i think you guys you asked a question about the vote to me and i was like honestly <laughs> i don't know what the vote is people aren't telling me could be probably me and and then afterward like a bunch like everyone kind of like rushed to apologize they didn't really communicate with me about that vote very much that's right i do remember that now because i remember talking about it with bramble and chaco and and such when i talked to them that i was like well <laughs> obviously if nobody's you know you you kind of indicated a couple of times that you were confused about where the vote was supposed to be i think you i look in your dm with jimmy you were like i don't they haven't told me who to vote for so like it i don't know that it's you it might be me i think that was said maybe um yeah it was just kind of like a i don't know if it was an afterthought that they just forgot about it or i know bramble was kind of always wanted to vote you out in the pre-merge and it just never lined up right for them mm -hmm. but uh, i was surprised that it never came from your conversations with chaco since i think you were closer to her Mm -hmm. uh let's see um third cycle was carnival games where you played plinko against lord shamrock <laughs> the lucky challenge i remember that and he, <laughs> obviously because he's literally a shamrock doll <laughs> rigged yeah rigged. unfair not very unfair <laughs> um yeah, he, I think it was like uh, the slots were like 1.3.5 points in the center. Um, mm -hmm. You dropped, I want to say three things. I'm not sure how many it was. Um, but he, yeah, it was not close. Uh, in, incredibly, what are the chances? Um, I mean, I guess good chances, given the circumstance. Uh, this time it was based on uh, your individual outcome, who won the challenge. There were seven matchups. Mirth finally wins an immunity challenge here, four to three. Uh, you get a cycle off. Um, and then we, which if we had, like, if we had lost that challenge, it was, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, curtains closed for court. <laughs> but... Yeah, it was, it was not, not looking good. 
uh, definitely. Because um, it was, let's see, you and Waxler and Brendan were the three who lost to your matchups that time. It would have taken one other person to lose, lose immunity. And Waxler wasn't going to be voted out. Um, and I think he had been close to Brendan at that point. And, you know, we aren't going to get to the reason why Brendan gets voted out until the next cycle. So it definitely wouldn't have been great. Yeah, I don't remember what happened there. Um, so let's see. So they they end up voting Lord Shamrock out on the other side. Uh, we uh, 15, 15 left. The challenge this challenge was the roller coaster, where it was like multiple stages um, that were intended to mimic parts of a roller coaster uh, that saw two two big missteps that I think a lot of people contribute to why Mirth lost this challenge. The first being that I prompted you with, all right, here's the first task you have to do. Your time starts when somebody sends the first number because the first part of this was counting upward. And literally within like 10 seconds of me posting the me- the rules, which I think also included like, take a second to figure out like what you want to do and how you want to approach this. Uh, SMM just like jumped in and typed the number one and your time was already starting. And everybody was a little thrown off, I think, by the suddenness of how quickly you were thrown into this challenge without having any chance to really think about it for more than a second. (laughs) Then the second part was there's a voice channel section where I provided uh, three of you had to join a voice channel and I provided you with these really long verbose sentences that Mm -hmm. one of you would say it and then the other two people would have to repeat it exactly and i believe brendan joins the voice channel initially to be one of those three later steps out because he was drunk and could not handle that part of the challenge himself and then i think he just kind of disappeared for the rest of the challenge which cost you a couple more penalties further along and uh ultimately that that was just a little too much to overcome uh all things considered and uh and that's why he ends up being the one voted out, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, this is that. But like here, you and Brendan both vote for Jimmy while everybody else votes for Brendan. So you are not in the loop, so to speak, um, on this vote. Right. Right. Which, yeah, I'm sure that doesn't make you feel any closer to the people you're trying to connect with either. Yeah. Yes, now I remember. Yeah. So that before Jimmy and I was left out of that vote and then the Jimmy vote, I didn't know who was going home because they were still leaving me out and I so I thought very much that it would be potentially me, but then it ended up being Jimmy, but mm-hmm. I sure as heck didn't know it till the votes were read. <laughs> yeah. Uh cuz so right after Brendan's voted out um, there's no tribe challenge. We had an individual challenge, so both tribes were going to vote somebody out regardless, um, which was the goat cart uh, challenge. And this is the one where I think things start to ratchet up in complexity, I believe. Because um, I remember... Yeah, because uh, I know I ran this challenge the whole way through for Mirth, Jeffrey started running it for Euphoria. They started after you guys. And I helped him once Mirth finished. And yeah, 
you were not by far the only person who was having difficulty with the rules and what actually worked and how things made sense and what all this that and the other thing um but yeah i'm scrolling through your channel and i see a lot of questions a lot of <laughs> a lot of hand holding a lot of assistance that uh comes with the territory yeah i just any of the strategy challenges were the ones that I'm referring to. Like, I'm not saying I didn't do bad in other challenges, but the ones that are like notable in my memory are the strategy ones because I have just as a, in general, when it comes to like puzzle strategy kind of things, I have a slow learning curve. Once I get it, I get it, but it takes me a while. And usually the amount of time I need is more than the amount of time that you have to pick up on a challenge that's happening live, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, like challenges like that, where it's like, you know, moving up something strategically or things like that are just not like, they're just embarrassingly difficult for me until I, I, I get the hang of them, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I, that, that's true. It's, it's weird. Cause you know, when you're learning a game, which most of the challenges end up being just games, uh, you have as much time as you need to sit there and read the rules with ever whoever you're playing with um maybe there's even a tutorial version or like a very simplified version you can start out with that builds up to a more complicated full version of the game um a lot of examples and pictures some games even now like you can go watch video tutorials and they come with like audio tutorials and that sort of thing and like that's a lot and but having the amount of time to like just kind of do all that sort of thing is beneficial and generally not what you get in an org because you can read the rules and ask as many questions as you want, but you typically only get to play the thing once. So when you if you find or run into an issue that was something you didn't expect to that happens a different way or a strategy that maybe doesn't even come to you till halfway through the challenge is actually happening. It's usually too late nine times right. out of 10. Um, and this is definitely a challenge that rewards picking up on it quickly um, because it's a race. And <laughs> if you can get a lead on everybody else, that usually is enough. Not most of the time in that situation. Uh, there was, though, a secondary component to this challenge where there were spaces on the track that if you landed on them, they gave you some piece of information. Uh, mm -hmm. You ended up landing on the second of those three spaces, and the information you got was a clue um, that, re that read... You may find a new way to communicate with the right foundation. And so I guess this is a good transition into the sub-channel component of Alliance. Uh, as that's what this clue is referring to. Um, the neural links that at this point, I think the only one that actually existed uh, was Bramble and Birds. Um, there was a third one on your tribe that had not been found yet. And that clue led to it. Uh, you and SMM both got this clue. SMM is ultimately, ultimately going to find that neural link. But I don't know, like, what was your... Because I guess you're going to spend a fair amount of time in the sub-channels, especially post-merge, once you have the key card. Um, how did you kind of feel about that component of the game and the season? And 
the way I mean, so forth. that was one of the biggest things that I saw as an opportunity to earn trust and favor with the people I was having such a hard time earning that trust and favor with. And it also, to be honest, ended up being kind of the nail in the coffin of the Murph people when it came to like me eventually turning on them because it became very clear to me that my efforts to kind of like build up this bond to like work on this idol hunt together and stuff was was utilized by them to find the idol and then like keep that information from me and that was just kind of like to me just like another just another like okay like i have i've tried so hard to connect with you guys on personal level i've tried so hard to show you guys that i'm a good ally on a game level i've tried so hard and i you know i i was i didn't have to i didn't have to give you guys this information i didn't have to share this with you and and help you find this idol and and now even though like i asked over and over i just kept getting told nope didn't find it no luck and like it just got to a point where there was no more suspension of disbelief available, you know, where it was like, I'm being lied to by somebody in this group. It ended up being Waxler, but it was just like, I, I just, you know, I felt bad at first. Right. Because in my head, I was like, I felt, I felt so rejected by these people. And I felt I was taking it so personally in some ways, but I was also putting a lot of effort into trying to win them over and like, sending them you know those messages i was sending and things like that trying to say like listen if you just give me a chance i won't i won't disappoint you i won't let you down like you won't regret it and like for me it got to a point where it was like more about just wanting these people to see that i wasn't so bad and like see my value and like like me than it was about the game you know i'm a i'm an emotional player um i care more about the connections i make than like winning and and like you know i'm not like a cutthroat player who like makes like you know like i don't look at people and i'm like wow this person's playing really well i'm gonna get rid of them because they're playing really well and they're a jury threat like i don't even factor that into my gameplay style so you know i didn't i wanted i i i like the insecure you know kid who didn't fit in in school and then grew up to be an insecure adult who struggles with social stuff too like I wanted them to like me really really badly and I didn't care as much about if I was just goading for them you know like I didn't care if I was gonna get like clearly gonna get fourth place with them and stuff at first I just wanted them to accept me I just wanted them to like me and want like include me and make me feel like they trusted me and appreciated me and and you know so i was doing everything i could to to give them everything i had and show them and that was just kind of the moment where like the part of me that like felt like i kind of like owed them this you know like keeping my word on all of that stuff and and just essentially being a tool for them until until they didn't need me anymore that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back for me. That was the moment where I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I'm not, they don't like me, <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I'm not in the cool kids club. Even after all these things I've done, after giving them this information, helping them find this idol, 
doing everything I can to be loyal to them. I'm still not in. I'm still not, I still am not as relevant or as important in this group. And that means I should do, I should do whatever I want in this game. Like I should vote out whoever makes the most sense to me to vote out. That was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back that made me feel like I don't, I don't have to protect these people anymore. They're not protecting me. I did everything I could. I'm going to start focusing on these other people who are giving me more, you know, giving me more just in general, like, like bird stuff, like Darcy, those people made me feel like they genuinely liked me, (laughs) you know? So Yeah. Uh, That makes perfect sense. (laughs) I don't know how, you know, you were fighting a losing battle and, uh, at some point you just gotta cut your losses and and figure something different out mm-hmm. yeah um yeah you said i think uh yeah after after the jimmy vote you said we need immunity or i'm going pre-merge uh there was only one immunity challenge left pre-merge it was the swinging ship which was competitive counting that initially you were planning planned to uh, do this with SMM, uh, but because Waxler and then Bramble and Chaco both won their matches, yours did not need to happen because you'd already won immunity regardless of the outcome. So mission accomplished. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very uh, skinny your teeth situation. Um, yeah. Because I think you're right. I think that's what would have happened in the had you lost. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It would have had to have taken a Brendan getting drunk <laughs> screw up <laughs> somebody else. Some sort of ex machina miracle for me to have not been the one <laughs> if we've gone to that tribal. So, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, uh, Euphoria had voted out Taylor the as as the outcome of their go-kart challenge they lose here again and this time they vote out nay so no no reunion with nay on at the merge and we're down to 11 and we get to merge everybody gets to be together one big happy family in the new red umurthia tribe you get your first opportunity to really talk to bird to darcy to jordan to maddie Benjamin and Steph. Um, so for those new six people, uh, how did you, you know, I know you connected with a couple of them, but you, you know, like you said that you weren't really looking to um, jump ship, so to speak, until the idol situation. So it's fair to say that I wasn't looking like I was looking to I'm emotional, but I'm not stupid. So I was looking to set myself up with al- alternatives. Mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily, like, I definitely wasn't looking to just full on jump ship or turn on anyone, but I was doing my best to see if I could make, to make bonds, to make new connections, to put myself in a position where if these people that had been making me feel that way did, like, continue to kind of make me feel like I was on the outs with them that maybe I could get on the ends with someone else. Yes. So I wasn't, so you're right that like, it wasn't until the idol thing that I officially just felt like, all right, it's done. I'm going to, 
I'm going to turn on these people and I don't have to feel bad about it. But it was, um, it definitely, like, as soon as we hit merge, even, like, I was definitely looking to make is like make new connections make those new relationships put myself in a position where i had other options to work with in case what happened you know in case what ended up happening happened and i i just continued to you know because something um i don't know if you have any evidence of me saying this but something i definitely mentioned at points and was definitely worried about automatically going into merge knowing that i would have gone on my tribe was being you know, we, my tribe was in the minority at the merge and I was worried that I would be the, the easy sacrifice, you know, we're mm -hmm. in the minority. So they offer me up. Like yes. that was something I was very concerned could happen. And so like, that was one of the first things I was doing was going to the new people and making sure they knew that I was the bottom of my old tribe <laughs> and that like it, I wouldn't be surprised if they offered me up as a sacrifice like things like that like i was telling these new people that right away mm -hmm. because i wanted them to view me as a number to pick up not as you know and i think it did work out right they they did end up making a move and that move was not making the mirth people happy um and either giving up one of their numbers or taking out their bottom they took out somebody who was well positioned within mirth um Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I play, played a lot of orgs. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be more in the, on the ins than the outs, but I do understand how to make the best of being on the outs. So I wanted to make sure that nobody saw me being an easy sacrifice as what was best for their game from the new people, because why, why, why give up the, why just, you know, take out the easy sacrifice when that person will probably vote with you guys and giving you even more numbers if you need them. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a delicate thing. Um, but I think you, I mean, as evidence, I think you did a good job of that. And uh, I think there were, I think between that and some of the mindsets on uh, original Euphoria as far as how they wanted to approach the first vote, um, I think combined to ultimately lead to someone that wasn't you being the target from original Mirth, fortunately. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, the first post-merge challenge was Light Cycles. Uh, this was the one where you were riding a bicycle around a giant grid and you just had to avoid running into everybody else. Um, I, this was those that I didn't understand. Yes, this was a, another <laughs> trickier one. Um, but uh, it didn't it doesn't seem like it was as tricky. Uh, I think you eventually picked up on it. Um, uh, you picked up on this one earlier than you did the go-kart one when you connected it to uh, night moves um, oh. since it was somewhat similar to that in, in concept but uh, yeah ultimately I don't remember what point in this challenge is when you were eliminated um, looks like 
you were the second person <laughs> eliminated. Um, it gets down to Chaco Beans and Steph, and ultimately Steph wins the first individual immunity post-merge. Um, so now, from what I've heard, <laughs> having done these interviews, there was a concerted effort from Maddie at this first vote to split up Jordan and SMM, who had bonded uh, here at the merge, uh, as Maddie, in particular, did not want somebody else to be to kind of take his spot as Jordan's number one. And so, um, despite the connection between Bird and Bramble, where you know they'd been a, they basically had a DM channel the entire season as long as any other DM channel had existed to this point. Despite that connection and the two of them wanting to work together with the people they preferred from their tribes, that isn't going to happen. And all of Euphoria is just going to vote out somebody from Mirth. Um, and I think Maddie, Maddie plays a role in putting that target on SMM. Um, I'm not sure how big of a role your sort of uh, positioning had played in pushing the target off of you. But ultimately, that's kind of where that's going to land. Uh, you, the the decoy, the uh, the vote of this is what the Bird Bramble Alliance was going to target, ends up sounding like Spenjamin, uh, I believe, is the, num- is the name that Euphoria offered up as their quote-unquote sacrifice. But there's also a split that's going to put votes on you, uh i don't know how much of that you remember or (laughs) how much you remember navigating at the time but i do not remember a split or votes being on me no (laughs) okay uh because the ultimate vote is going to be six three two six smm three one i think three three spenjamin and two on you okay um because i i do believe there was a concern that was unfounded, I think, that uh, that Spenjamin could have had an idol. So not only was there a false decoy vote, but the false decoy vote was believed to have an idol, so there was also a split on this fake vote, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when... I remember now because I think some of the people I was aligned with voted for me. Yes. Bramble... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bramble and SMM vote for you. Um you and Chaco and Waxler vote for Spenjamin. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess two things. First thing is, did you realize that they that you're that other Mirth people were the ones voting for you at the time? And second thing, with SMM being the first person voted out and the first person of the jury, was that I don't know, did you chalk that up to things that you had done to push the vote off of yourself as potentially the would have been the first sacrifice from mirth. Um, did you feel like that put you in a markedly better or worse position moving forward? Oh, so, I mean, I was just so in the dark again, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't put myself in good enough yet with the new people um, where they were going to be telling me much of anything yet. And I like, didn't um i didn't obviously i was still 
still obviously on the outs with my group. <laughs> so, you know, I remember going into that vote again. Cause I remember I talked to bird. I remember speaking to bird and being like, I genuinely don't know what's really happening. And that was like the first moment where I started to feel very strongly about bird or like really wanted to work with bird was because bird was the only person that round who told me what was really going on. Now they barely told me it was a very kind of like, very kind of like, I'll whisper you a name and then run away kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, okay, don't, don't tell anybody, but it's just a man. And then like, you know what I mean? Like it was a very, it was not a like fleshed out conversation by any means. They were not like elaborately like, okay, this group of people is doing this and this is why and blah, 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 blah. They were just basically like, I don't think you're going home. Don't tell anyone it's SMM or whatever. I think. (laughs) I think that happened. Um, I can't remember if they told me SMM or if they just told me that they didn't, that like I was going to be okay, that something else was going on, that it wasn't Spenjamin. Because I, because part of me feels like they told me SMM, but then another part of me feels like maybe they didn't because of the fact that like at the time, SMM was my number one. I was completely in the dark (laughs) about the fact that he was not on my side. (laughs) I, I really thought that he was, and in my mind, he was the one person looking out for me. He was the one person taking care of me. So I was very loyal to him. So he was like the only person I was loyal to. So I feel like maybe I'm misremembering and I was just told that something else was going on by Bird. But I know Bird told me something. They told me more that round than anybody else did. And I remember that being very notable in my head. And it had a lot, had a lot to do down the, like, down the road with how, the merge and end game play out because I felt like they kind of threw me a bone when I was feeling very isolated. Yes. I see here. Bird said the two names I've heard are Spen and SMM. I'm not sure where the numbers are. And well, this is implied, but I'd obviously appreciate if those names don't leave this channel. So in as many words, basically exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely did not say anything. I definitely know that. I definitely did not look that gift horse in the mouth. (laughs) No, you don't. I mean, I guess you're not really in a position at that point to, you know, bite the hand that feeds you. Right. 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 Um, That is what happens. SMM is voted out. uh, First member of the jury. Um, I remember... uh, I remember seeing you, I don't remember which tribal council it was, but um, I had asked like what the jury phase of the game means and whether that impacts how people play or or conduct themselves or treat other people. And you had a really good response to that in uh, paraphrasing that, you know, it shouldn't change how you play. It should, you know, you shouldn't play the game with jury management as something at the front of your mind, because that is weird and, and kind of skeevy, essentially. Um, it's it, still my philosophy. Yes? Good. Um, I, I'm curious, but d- does, I'm curious, like, does, I don't know how to ask this. Um, I heard to phrase it. Uh, you know, given the fact that this game is often sort of explained or or referenced in in a way of 
you know, people will say, well, that was something that happened pre-merge, and then there's post-merge, there's pre-jury, there's post-jury. Is Does that delineation affect you at all, even if it's not from a jury management perspective? Or is it something where, you know, you just... Or is that just a completely ignored facet or or change to the season itself from your perspective? I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time understanding exactly what you're asking. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, I guess as somebody who doesn't like think of jury management as an actual thing that they want to do, is that fair to say? Yeah, it's like, to me... A focus on jury management is, it feels cold to me. It feels like instead of treating people the way that you're treating them because it's the right thing to do, to not treat people badly and to like be considerate of of them and their feelings and things like that. Um, Instead of doing it like from that perspective, you're doing it from the perspective of like, I have to be, I have to, to not vote this person or I have to keep my word more or I have to do this or that because I want their jury vote. And like, that just feels to me like it shows character. If like you treat people less good in the pre-merge or like in the pre-jury than in the jury stage, like you should just, you should just like treat others the way that you want to be treated because like we're all people playing a game and games are supposed to be fun, you know, like hmm um so that, i guess my question is if if that aspect of the jury phase of the game the management portion part is just not not even like in your vocabulary basically is there anything that changes for you when that portion of the game arrives um i'm thinking <laughs> well this isn't really applied in access park as much because i was in a very different role there but Um, In a lot of games, I'm definitely trying to pay attention extra closely to my relationships to kind of try to determine who is going to stick with me for the long haul and who's going to try to make a move eventually and kind of like plan accordingly. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry as much about, like if you're in a, Again, this doesn't really apply to Nexus Park as much, but like if you're if you are in a good position in the game, you really don't have to worry very often in the pre-merge. Um, I mean, some people get trigger happy and try to make a big move in the pre-merge, but usually you can navigate the pre-merge if you're an active player who is social and stuff relatively um, painlessly, but like once you get to the merge stage it doesn't matter how well liked you are some people are going to want you out because they see you as somebody who is in their way of winning so you have to kind of start really paying attention to like who is really really devoted to you and who is like circumstantially i see that makes sense that's a good way to it's a good way to put it i like that because now now you have an audience, depending on where you are in the in the game. You have one, two, three, four, however many jurors that are. I, I mean, I think I don't know. I, maybe this isn't your experience, but I've found that many jurors seem to value the stuff that happens after the merge more than the stuff that happens before the merge. Especially if you are mm-hmm. somebody who wasn't on the same tribe as a finalist 
right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that makes sense. That's where more big moves are going to happen. So you have to be more careful with the people around you. That's good. Um, okay. So SMM joins the jury. The next challenge was the carousel, which was basically uh, musical chairs um, with a different color of paint on it. And here is where uh, I think two people had been eliminated, I want to say, in, and then we offered up the mystery box item. Um, there's a gift box. One person can take it. If you take it, you forfeit your right to win the challenge and you're immediately eliminated. If nobody takes it, we'll just continue. Uh, you take the, the box. It doesn't take you very long to do so. Um, I don't know if this is a, a mechanic you've experienced before, but based on your... Um, uh, based on the way you've described your challenge ability and particular in this season... Uh, I guess that this wasn't a difficult decision to make. I don't remember that to be honest, but I presume that was my like reasoning. Cause as I, as I mentioned earlier, I used, I tried, I, I had this idea in my head that if I like used game information, like the, the clues and stuff as a way to build trust that maybe that would finally win me over the mirth people. And um, I, each challenge we got more and more made me feel like, all right, we ain't going to be a cop beast here. <laughs> so I think without having a clear memory of it, I think that my logic was I'm not going to win the challenge anyway. Might as well get something out of it that I can use to better my position. Yes. I think that makes sense. And while I don't know, like I don't think, as as you said, it doesn't really make you part of the the group, the the in crowd for for the mirth four. I guess there's only four of you left at this point. Um, I think uh, I, I kind of I, I remember it being something that because like Waxler obviously lies about his idol to everybody. It wasn't just you. He didn't tell Bramble. Yeah. He didn't tell Chaco. I do feel like it did work decently with those two as opposed to Waxler. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously you were the disparity there might've been so large that it wouldn't have mattered regardless. But um, in my, at least from what I remember, I do feel like it was something that um, kind of worked with them, if not with Waxler, but I could be misremembering. I definitely I you know I'm kind of depicting this from this perspective of like I never made it in with them and I didn't but like there was minor progress at points you know it wasn't like I made zero progress at all with with my relationships with people eventually I got like enough for it to, to be worth it at the end of the day like there was never enough for me to be like oh, okay yeah like I'm these are my, my close allies who are going to I rarely end up with like that you know but it was just again never there was still just always that that wall that distance that just was so clear to me but there was definitely progress Chaco in particular Chaco of all of them was the one that gave me the most opened her opened her 
her heart up to trying to make me feel more included the most. She's an angel, but it just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Um, so yeah, you get a key card. Uh, you'll, you get told about it after the challenge that um, Bird ultimately wins. And it gives you the, uh, gives you access into a, the laboratory subchannel, which was located beneath the arcade, which was new to the merge part of the game. Um, it was not the only way to get to the arcade, but it was the, the only reliable way uh, at that point in the game. And eventually, uh, most others kind of, I think Waxler had already come close to being able to get in uh, with, with the key code method. And then it gets, I think he gets in a, maybe a day or two after uh, you've been in there, um, if I remember correctly. But, uh, so, um, Bird is immune. And uh, I don't know, I, I don't know if um, pagongings are like super prevalent or if that's something that you are thinking about ever, but it was certainly a potential outcome i guess here after the first vote took out one member of mirth um do you so this next vote is for spenjamin um which does actually get the sort of bird bramble alliance on the same page in a sort of like all right we took one of your side out we'll give you one of ours type of thing um i don't know if there was more to it than that from from where you were sitting I wasn't, it was another tribal where I don't really remember being super included. Honestly, like the first like few votes of the merge, I don't really think I was a, a big part of what was going on. I was just worrying about my own safety and positioning. And I was saying that I wasn't really that worried about a pagonging because I don't know that I've ever really seen a true pagonging ever happen. They're pretty rare. Okay. What normally happens is that maybe most of a group is taken out and then, uh, then the majority picks up the last one or two surviving members to make a move because their group's going to inevitably fall apart. Yes. So I was just trying to make it very, very clear how on the bottom and on the outside was to make sure that even if they did go that route, I was somebody who was in theory going to be the last, the last mirth standing, <laughs> which would be traditionally enough time to put myself in a good position from there and even though that's not how it all went like the pagonging part of things that is still kind of how things play out right like once the majority inevitably breaks up i finally find my footing as a member of the group making making these in-game moves yes uh yeah you spenjamin becomes the second person voted out second member of the jury we get it's a seven to one with two votes on Steph again to kind of just in case of an idol. Uh, I think that rumor was still kind of out there that Maddie said that it was his, his rumor that he started. I don't remember if that was true or not. Um, and so we are down to seven or nine, sorry. Um, and it's uh, perhaps the most played challenge in all of orgs, which was touchy subjects, is the next thing. Uh, have you played? Have I voted anything? 
You were voted a couple of things. Um, I don't know if you okay. were the most popular answer, but uh, I imagine this is the challenge you've probably played the most in your org history. Probably. Okay. Uh, let's see. I have I have the numbers and the stuffs here. Let me see if I can find it all. Um, so first round of voting, obviously, tell me the truth about these questions. You can't put yourself as the answer. And uh, so there were eight people that could possibly put your name down for each question. Uh, you end up getting submitted as an answer 15 times total, which is right about the middle. Um, in fact, I was talking to Steph when I realized that the person whose name was put down the most often, Bird, the person whose name was put down the least often, Steph, and one of the people whose name was put down the exact middle often, you, end up being our final three, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I guess firstly, uh, this is a challenge that has gone away on the show because it's easy to manipulate and game uh, with inauthentic answers and people throwing it, and it's usually used as a reward challenge that, as, you, as we've seen in the show, people will intentionally lose or don't want to win because it often puts them in a position that they don't want to be in and things of that nature so they haven't done it in a while uh that also seems to be a lot of the outlook for org players that i've noticed um is that i get my 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 intuition tells me that you actually just that you would one be putting as truthful an answer as possible in the first round of questioning um is that fair yeah okay um then for the second part where you're trying to get in theory the most points possible is that actually how you approach this do you want to win if you can this type of challenge was this one of the seasons where i put myself is this one of the seasons where i put myself for every answer this is not no or did i just put myself for all did i put myself for all the mean answers um you might have yes <laughs> you put yeah, yourself sounds... for like who do you trust the least or who can't keep a secret who's the most chaotic who would you like to blindside that was your answer for those questions yeah yeah so i have i have only won touchy subjects one time and it was in a season where it was in a situation where if i didn't win win immunity i was gonna go home <laughs> i put my everything into it but um, I, um, I don't feel like the possibility of winning immunity because you may like you might not even win. You know, I don't feel like the possibility of winning immunity is worth the social consequences of people being offended <laughs> by being put down for the harsher questions. And so, I used to when I was an earlier org player, I used to answer every touchy subject question that was harsh with me. But then I played an org one time where I was the main character that season and I was nine out of the 12 majority answers. Oh, jeez. Touchy subjects. And so I ended up, um, I ended up uh, starting to just put my name for every answer. It's never, it's never won me touchy subjects. It would have that time, but it's never won me touchy subjects uh, since, since I started doing that. But yeah, like 
I found that funny that I would have won that touchy subject if I just put myself down for every answer. So ever since then, instead of just putting myself for mean answers, I just put myself down for every single answer, except for most of the time they ask for most robbed preacher. So I have to put somebody else for that. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, that's, that is the strategy that Bird approaches this time around. Um, I don't know. I was looking, I wanted to see if you had even mentioned it in your DM with them and they, maybe they got the idea from you, but, uh, with our format being not so much like getting the most popular answer, but just you get points based on how many times you were answered. Uh, Bird ends up with a score of 29, which ends up being the worst score but uh, the maximum score was 51 and they put themselves down for everything. So like, that's still a decent score when you're quote unquote throwing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you end up with a 36, uh, which is good enough for mid middle of the pack. Exactly. Fifth place out of nine. And uh, Darcy ends up winning this with a score of 41. Um, how, how much, what part of the actual, like, answers of touchy subjects matters to you as a player in the game? None of it. None of it. I don't, I don't, I don't look at somebody being the majority answer for something in touchy subjects and have that affect how I play or view them or anything like that. Um, I would say the only thing that it may, not even really this, I was going to say maybe the things that are said about me make me think about how I'm viewed in the game. But even then, I don't know. I've, in my experience, touchy subjects has never really led to any in-game consequences for me, no matter how many, like, no matter what's said about me. I mean, who's winning the game who's gonna you know who's running the game like those are common questions that i'm the answer for and it's never stopped me from running or winning the game you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah um i i don't know in my experience like touchy subjects is just people saying what they already knew and maybe 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 it kind of maybe makes them realize that they're not the only ones thinking these things or something i guess but most of the time I don't know. It just doesn't really make a big difference from my experience. Now, I've seen it make a difference in games that I wasn't a part of or with like other people, but it's never really made a difference for like for me and my games. So I don't. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, one time, one time, only time I can think of one time <laughs> I got voted the biggest sheep in touchy subjects and I used that to make it to the end of the game and win. <laughs> I brought it up a lot. I'm like, I'm a sheep. Didn't you see touchy subjects? <laughs> Incredible. That's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I guess really quickly, the answers that people put you down for included uh, Choco Beans put you as the most likable person. Um, Waxler and Choco put you as the most underestimated player left in the game. Uh, Darcy and Steph put you as the person who thinks they are safe but is not. Um, let's see. Uh, Darcy and Bird put you down as the person that they trust the least. Wow. <laughs> How do we feel that's about that? That's just really ironic. Yeah. I know it's just really ironic because I, I definitely don't feel that it stayed that way with either of them. 
No. At all. No, no, I don't think so either. Um, uh, Steph put you down as the best liar. Um, the, the, I think this is the only, or no, this is, there were two questions where you were actually one of the most, uh, where you were either the majority or one of the majority answers. Uh, who can't keep a secret? Bird, Bramble, and Jordan all put you down for this one. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's actually, not true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure where that came from. Probably because I was very open with my key card. I don't know. I actually do have a huge mouth, though. That is, I don't know where that came from in this context, but you said you feel like that's not true. Surprisingly, it's, it's kind of true. I have a I have a huge mouth. I can't, I, I'm terrible, terrible about, um, like, don't give me an idol. I will tell the entire cast every time. I mean, I guess it works for you, so. It does work for me um, because... From my and this is this is also my logic behind it is that like telling people you have an idol not only helps build trust or like maintain the idea that you feel good with that person, but also um, when yeah Nexus Park not a great example of this, but normally I'm well off socially, and when you're well off socially, people have a really hard time being able to figure out who is safe to approach to go for you. Um, like who is, who is downplaying how close they are to you? And when you tell everyone and their mother that you have an idol and they don't know who is really gonna, you know, stick their neck out for you and not, it's real scary to say the name of that person. And that is a strategy that I use every time I have an idol. (laughs) Tell everyone, scare them out of voting for me. I like that. That's really smart. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's good, good approach to things. Uh, let's see. Uh, Darcy and Maddie put you down for who you, who they would most like to stab in the back. Or no, no, no. Who is most likely to stab them in the back? Sorry. Um, I don't know. What was your relationship with Maddie in the game? Mm. If you can recall. All I remember is that Maddie was like... Like a slimy used car salesman. <laughs> <laughs> harsh. That wasn't meant to be harsh. I thought that was nice compared to what I could say. Um, no, he just, you know what I mean? Like he was really, he was really, really friendly, but he wasn't really very genuine a lot of the time. Most of the time he was, he was playing a villain's game and he was, by the end of it all, he was maybe a, a, Okay, I'm trying to think of a word that isn't the word that I'm thinking of because the word I'm thinking of is harsh. Um, he was a little bit unaware of his own villainous ways. Like he was, he very much walked away from things feeling like the victim in some circumstances, or at least that's how he behaved at the time when he was not somebody playing nice enough to feel that other people you know what i mean like that was my perspective mm-hmm. at least like like he i remember he was very bitter with me but like he was like throwing me under the bus and stuff so it was like one of those things where it's like you know sometimes people get very like blinded by their by being the main character in their own story i guess mm-hmm. kind of thing where it's like you know you're the protagonist and anyone who's against you is the antagonist and it doesn't really matter what 
you do that makes you the antagonist to their story because you're the protagonist. You know what I mean? Where it was like he was, he felt very burned and upset at things that didn't go his way or worked against him, but he wasn't playing some like angelic game and just was very had like blinders on about that. That's what I remember. So there was definitely a point where I felt like really good with him. Like, Oh, this is somebody I can like really depend on. But once I really built up that, like really, really like ride or die trust with bird, I started hearing, you know, both sides, what he said to me and what he said to them. And it, it made it very obvious um, that I couldn't trust him like that, you know? Mm, Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, No, I think that's, that's mostly fair. Uh, from what I remember, uh, as far as how Maddie handled himself, and I even even talking to him when I did his interview, uh, reminded me of a lot of the mach- uh, machinations of his game, and and the um, uh, I don't know, like the the way people describe players who play like when they when they say like a snake in the game, I think okay. is is a fair. Uh, assessment to how he approached it at times um for sure uh okay Uh, let's see two more um who would you most like to blindside darcy put you down for this one too (laughs) i did darcy hate me i don't know it's so strange i don't understand yeah i don't know what happened there because (laughs) That definitely changed. It was, it wasn't, too, it was definitely very shortly after that, that she was like calling me her mother. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and finally, who is the most dangerous to sit with at FTC? And Chaco said you were okay, for this one, um, which I think is fair uh, under normal circumstances, given, yeah. given the track record. <laughs> I'd only won four at that time. Um, Only four. Yeah, only four. Um, So, uh, Darcy wins this, ultimately. Um, She gets the privilege of selecting one and then a second person to join her on a hot air balloon ride. She picks Bramble Cat and Bird. Um, Obviously, given, (laughs) given some of these answers and so and such... Uh, wasn't going to be picking you at this point in the game. Um, have you been in a situation where you've had to make this type of a decision during a, during a game? Um, I think I maybe in a loved one's challenge got to decide who, yeah. One time I won a loved one's challenge and I got to decide who else's loved, like two other players whose loved one got to stay for tribal or whatever okay something like that uh is it as frustrating (laughs) in any circumstance as it seems to be i just in general don't want to be in positions where i have to show cards like that Mm -hmm. so yeah i definitely did not love being in that position the time that i was either okay um which is also why I approach touchy subjects the way I do and things like that. Um, my game is a weird combination of honesty and keeping certain cards close to my chest. Like in some ways I am like very transparent and in other ways 
I don't want people to fully understand where my head is at. So. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. It's, it's a, it's a bit of a balancing act knowing what, what to tell who and what's for you and what's for anybody else. And in particular, what's for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they go off on their little hot air balloon ride, which is ultimately going to result in Darcy showing up to the next tribal council with immunity. Um, so sometimes you win reward and also immunity <laughs> and immunity is that reward. Um, but uh, the immunity challenge was bumper balls, uh, which was another Google sheet challenge with rules and complications and the like um let's see uh I'm trying to remember you're laughing i'm assuming you're looking at my channel and seeing me uh, i am looking at struggle. your your channel uh you didn't ask any questions to be fair <laughs> i probably just gave up at that point <laughs> um it doesn't i i believe let's see one two three four five six so you lasted seven rounds in the challenge um, I believe, I forget how long it lasts, but every five rounds we added another rule onto it. So <laughs> just to make it more complicated, um, ultimately it ends up with Bramble knocking Jordan off the, the platform and Bramble Cat winning individual immunity. And so I feel like this is the cycle where the original tribal lines and so many of the other bonds and things that came from the pre-merge part of the game start to show cracks and be broken up um, as we get to the 3-3-2-1 Jordan plays an idol on Maddie vote wait who plays an oh Jordan plays an idol on Maddie that's right yes and doesn't she go home yes yeah yep um, Jordan and Maddie vote for you uh and tried to get the vote on you here but the majority which i think was mostly came out of the uh, hot air balloon ride with bird and darcy and bramble have a the six of the six people voting on that side end up splitting three three on jordan and maddie knowing that there was an idol because bird gave jordan half of it half of it um <laughs> And uh, then you have Steph's off vote for Chaco, um, resulting in a 3-3-2-1, where Jordan plays an idol for Maddie. Maddie is safe, and Jordan is the one eliminated. Um, are we still at the point where you don't have a ton of say in anything? I believe so, yeah. I don't, I don't, think, <laughs> I, I don't think I had a lot to do with that either. I was just... Just, There's just so much of my story, which was just, you know, not like doing my best not to die. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, you dodged a lot of bullets <laughs> along the way. Um, so uh, yeah, Jordan becomes the third member of the jury. We are down to eight people. Uh, it is this. It's I think it's right before that tribal council when Waxler finds the immunity idol from the lab. Uh, in terms of keeping the timeline accurate. 
And then we get to uh, perhaps the second most notable challenge from your perspective um, after the one where you take the key card, which was Stepping Stones. Do you recall this challenge? No. <laughs> so this is the challenge where each player had a different row and um, you could shift columns ahead of you uh, up or down to uh, better create the path ahead of you, uh, either putting walls in front of other people or removing walls from your own way. And uh, there was some move you made uh, that moved a wall right in front of you that I <laughs> wasn't sure why you'd done that. Um, but I know that people will... I don't know. It seems like a really obvious um, move to do if you're trying to throw. And I think you'd probably have been more uh, inconspicuous if that was your intent. But who am I to judge? So we con we continued. And then um, you, and then I guess I don't know how many turns we were into the challenge. But uh, you said, I hate myself. I thought I was C this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally like, I'm about to win. C for Courtney. And no. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> I was going to say, because you mentioned throwing, and I'm like, I can guarantee you I was stupid and not throwing. I don't remember this, but I can guarantee you I was stupid and not throwing. I wouldn't have thrown a challenge in this season besides touchy subjects, because like <laughs> getting immunity would have been good. I was, I was fighting for my life every day. <laughs> I remember that now that you say that, though. Yes, I... For some reason in my head, I thought I was somebody else, and I really thought I was winning that challenge, and I was really confused when you're like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure if you, you know, I'm sure, you probably can't run the tapes back this much, but the move I said to make that fucked myself over would have been a great move for C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Because um, you weren't even that far behind, despite despite playing for a different person this whole time um yeah i play better when that's literally luck because i don't even know what i'm doing that's great <laughs> yeah you end up tied for second i guess technically as far as um how close to the end the everybody else was you and bird were both two spaces away when waxler crossed the finish line um steph and chaco were one space behind you and everybody else was too far back to to really impact things other than what they moved uh yeah that was a very interesting challenge um to say the least uh i really i really wish it we could see like how that would have played out if if you'd realized who you were the whole time <laughs> um but waxler ends up winning uh gets immunity at eight and so at some point in this cycle is when you and Darcy begin your make your connection and, and bond well, um, mm -hmm. which is ultimately going to be short-lived, unfortunately, I guess, unfortunately, I'm not sure, but... Um, I remember that I have this, like, I had a dream. <laughs> I, I think I talk about it in my confessional, or no, 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 it wasn't a dream, it was my tarot reading. So I remember there was yes. something, yes, because there was something that kind of like predicted Darcy going and then it happened. 
I think it was, I did a tarot reading and it said something about feeling maternal or, or something like that. And I don't know. I don't remember. I definitely put it in my confessional, but I remember it very much felt like it indicated that Darcy, who I felt very maternal over, was going to go out, but that I was still going to, like, that I was going to have that setback and then I was still going to ultimately succeed or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty spot on, um, I suppose. Uh, I do remember the tarot reading. I'd forgotten about those. Um because I remember, I think the viewers asked you for tarot readings as well um, at some point. I think after you'd done maybe your first or second. Um, yeah. But yeah, Darcy, as quickly as you connect with her, uh, she's going to be blindsided by Bird, I guess, mostly. Um, Bird and Bramble and I guess the rest of Mirth with, with Maddie uh, here at the next tribal council. Um, I mean, this is another indication too, of like how the downfall of the Courtney being loyal to mirth, you know, it's like another vote I got left out of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah. You, you and Darcy and Steph uh, vote for Bramble cat while everybody else votes for Darcy. And so like, even at this point, it's even the, the people you are able to connect with just ripped away from you <laughs> at the first possible mo chance, almost. Not great. I mean, I will say, I'm sure part two of this or whatever, we'll, we'll get to the rest of, or like, I'll, I'll have the opportunity to talk about it more. But I will say that like, us revisiting this too, just even further, you know, something I think about a lot is how disliked I was by the viewers um particularly the big thing was was turning on mirth that I was getting a lot of hate for and I've tried I've, I've reflected on it so much because I don't want to be that kind of person who is so self self-focused that I, I victimize myself or or am not open to criticism or growing or learning what I did wrong. But honestly, um, every time I kind of reflect on it and think on it and, and with us revisiting it, it makes me feel even stronger about it. It's like beloved family members of beloved alumni that I turned on, but like they gave me a lot of good reason to. They really did. Oh, absolutely. So. I I don't think there's any <laughs> maybe maybe that's not fair to say. I was gonna say I don't think there's any sane person <laughs> who would look at the circumstances and be like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you turn on those people? But uh, I, I mean, I guess then it questions whether or not somebody who does think that would actually be sane. So maybe it's true. Um, <laughs> it's it's so it's so hard when you're somebody who gets invested in these games as a player obviously to see the forest for the trees so to speak and especially and I, I think that's also true when you are closely connected to a player and you are closely following a season like um obviously bird 
had a lot of friends in the viewers lounge darcy had a lot of friends in the viewers lounge waxler had a lot of friends in the viewers lounge bramble had a lot of friends in the viewers lounge and you know the the it's uh, it's hard and and this isn't you know obviously a justification or an excuse for these mindsets but like it, it can be tough to watch the person that you are there to support and root for um not have everything go their way and more so like see somebody actively working against them uh especially somebody <laughs> and obviously like bird and waxler being starting on different tribes never really being allies like that's one thing but for you and waxler or you and bramble uh all started on the same tribe um and and just like from that very very like distant view of the game like now you are at the merge and turning against them and uh, you know people will people will ignore the finer details to um kind of like you were talking about with the the protagonist antagonist situation to just categorize somebody in a particular way that fits the narrative that they have in their head um yeah which which is very frustrating uh a lot of the time um because like obviously you aren't voted the villain of the season i I'd have to look. I don't know if you got any votes for it anyway. You might have gotten a couple. But, like, I don't really think that there was anything villainous about what you were doing. Um, It was just, uh, you know, you're just somebody who was put in a situation that wasn't working. And so you found a situation that was. And it just so happened that that put you at odds with the people you started the game with. And I think if, if, if starting the, like... It's, and this this is the sort of um, contradiction of so many people in general, but pre- predominantly in viewers' lounge and, and most lounges in other in orgs. Like, you can't the if 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 the person whose tribe if if the people whose tribe you started on is just like the end all be all of everything, then like what are we even doing? What what game are we playing if that's if everything's predetermined from that point on? Um, of course, in a season without a swap, that becomes a little more, uh, lived in, I suppose. But even still, like, you know, if, if all they wanted were for the people who were uh, allied at the beginning of the game to remain allied all the way to the end of the game, well, that's not even fun. Why would you want that, really? I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. It's weird. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I... I definitely, like, the one criticism I got that I did take upon myself a little bit, even though I also have a defense for myself at the same time, was I saw in the spec lounge I got called, like, a mean girl, and people were upset about me and Bird kind of, like, you know, like, talking to each other about how, like, oh, these, you know, they don't they don't even know about us, and they don't know, you know, like, just kind of relishing in having the upper hand over the pe- these people that they loved so much and they ca- they called I remember specifically seeing myself called a mean girl repeatedly and like, like I didn't see it that way you know for me I mean I didn't feel like I was saying anything but also as I had felt 
I'm a, you know, I've talked about it earlier in this call. Like I'm a sensitive person. I'm an insecure person. It made me feel very frustrated and very like hurt at times that I could not seem to break through these barriers to like win these people over. And it started to make me, you know what I mean? So kind Mm -hmm. of, eventually feeling like oh i finally made a friend and i'm overcoming this and like these people kind of made me feel so small are are not going to end up reaping like reaping the uh, like game in game reward for it because they're gonna they're gonna go like you know what i mean i don't know i don't really i wasn't i don't feel i was being mean-spirited and also like for me it was like a triumphant thing of like okay i finally dug myself out of this hole that i've been put in and it took a long time but you know it's turning around for me and like you know i felt like being left out you know what i mean like i felt like being left out of votes all the time and things like that was in the same kind of energy of of game like not mean-spirited but game kind of like rivalries or or behave you know what i mean like negative game behaviors that like me being like left out of votes and stuff by these people like same energy as me now leaving them out of i've i've moved on i've made new i've made a new ally we're gonna we're gonna blindside y'all you know (laughs) so i didn't really I, i didn't feel like i was doing anything other than the fact that it ended up you know ended up in my favor by the end of the day I didn't really feel like I was doing anything that was like mean or even meant to be mean or even unfair, you know, by, by having those, you know, little talks with, with bird and stuff. But again, but like, I did take that onto myself a little bit just from the perspective that like, I wanted, again, I, you know, I'm the kind of person where if people criticize me, I want to listen to it. I never want to be that person who just, doesn't who is just so sure that they're right and they're doing the right things and they're they're a good person and blah 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 that they're like not willing to hear criticism and take opportunities to grow Mm -hmm. so i definitely took that that part in particular into you know i keep that in mind now i try to be even kinder even when i feel a certain type of way i try to put myself in people's shoes in my head and try to understand their perspective even if it's not working in my favor, things like that to just be, to be a little nicer. But um, I do, I do still think that um, the, with the circumstances, I do think that the criticism, you know, after reflecting on it a lot, I still do think some of like the criticism was a bit intense. I don't think that I, I don't think that I deserved the level of, um, the level of scrutiny of my like character Yeah. I got um but but I I still you know I didn't want to just look at the whole situation feel like a victim and just block out everything that people had to say because growing learning about yourself growing becoming a better person is the having people so yes I I agree with everything you said. Um, I don't... So there was so much in the viewers' lounge this season um, that I don't know that I remember everything exactly well in, in terms of, you know, what was said and how it was said and all that sort of thing. But no, I, I 
thoroughly agree. I think, um, I don't know. I think it, it mostly, to me, um, rings very, very much as just like, I don't know, more of that, like, this is not, this is a person who is not the entire, or is not the, pro- not the protagonist or working with the protagonist in my story. And like, even, and, and just has, has, and like that's that's fine like like that's gonna happen um you know it's not like the three people that the lounge loves the most are gonna be the final three it's not like they're all even gonna work together um you know it was very very much uh you know the lounge i'm sure loved the fact that bird and bramble uh were allies for the vast majority of the game um but like then then all of a sudden they weren't and you know that's just how it goes um i know i guess i guess to look at sort of the history of that sort of thing you know i think in our in our fifth season we had a pair of players who were quite well liked by the lounge um that worked together from the start of the game they got to final five together and one of them turned on the other (laughs) and voted him out she went on to get to the end of the game and won. And uh, that definitely rubbed some people the wrong way. And uh, I think the two of them, I think, are kind of like water in the bridge at this point. But I don't know that that's true for everybody um, at the who was there, who watched it, who felt a certain type of way about it. And, like, that's fine, I guess. But, you know, I think... You can't expect, you can't expect the sort of the the paradigm of the game not to shift as the game moves on, which is what you did. You were, you know, reacting to the circumstances of things in the way that you felt would benefit you the best or benefit the experience for you the best, and that <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, and there shouldn't be anything wrong with that. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, one other thing I want to say about that, too, is just like, again, I'm sure I'll have more of an opportunity to expand on it more later, but I mentioned about how I didn't want to, like, look at the criticism and just, like, close my mind to it and, like, walk away. I went in knowing that people were not, like, warned that people were not a fan of me, and I waited until a day where I was in a good mental and emotional headspace feeling strong enough to, like, read criticism and take it in in a healthy way and like process it well. And it was all going great. Like despite the fact that, you know, people said a lot of, a lot of things, it was all going great. It was just, it was the moment that I read people talking about my abuse story Yes. and giving their opinions on my mental health and what the best, um, the best actions would be for me to take. And the big one that really just was the straw that broke the camel's back for me was somebody suggested that orgs are a healthy outlet for me to lie in because abuse victims have to learn to lie as a defense mechanism and it's better to lie in a game than lie in your day-to-day life since I probably had to learn to lie as while I was being abused that was just like the moment that I was just like you know I went in expecting to be criticized but I didn't expect to be 
analyze like that. And that was why I left the community for a while. I, I had to get over it because it, 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 I felt so vulnerable. Like, you know what I mean? Like that just made me feel so um, like a, like a wound was, was opened or you know what I mean like a hit a sore spot kind of thing where it was like I couldn't I couldn't just shake that off easily I needed time so that's why I kind of left the community for a while and until I shook it off because I I like most of the people I played with I really like you um I like the the effort and the passion that goes into the game but I I just sometimes to get over something I need time to like just you know, time, they say time heals all wounds, but I don't know if that's exactly true, but time can make the sting lessen significantly. And so I needed it kind of like out of my mind, like not even in the server, not even around, just move on until it didn't sting as much anymore, you know, before I could come back. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I totally hear that. Um, it, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a particular uh, sore spot um, for me, and uh, I think there's a lot of, you know, especially you know, I I haven't done Bird's interview yet. I'm looking forward to doing that. I think there's going to be, you know, having done Jordan's and and Darcy's and such already, I know just how affecting things ha were and and you know even more better understood now than i than i did at the time or even did have have had since then uh in talking to them privately uh it's it's always it, i don't know it, it it it's it's a shame that that there were people that didn't kind of have as much respect for the players as they should have um in all manner of speaking um and uh you know it it it's it frustrates me that it happened it frustrates me that it affected everybody as as much as it did it frustrates me that i didn't you know do anything that any of us didn't do anything or if we did anything we didn't do enough um I'm glad that time has helped, I guess. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I, I don't know if this means anything <laughs> to you, but, but I don't hold it against you or anything. <laughs> um, like there was definitely, uh, just being a, a brutally honest person, there was definitely a moment where I vented to a friend about it and they were like, why didn't production protect you? Um, where I, I did consider that angle, but um, this is a free thing that you put all your time into. You know what I mean? Like you are, you don't get paid for this. You get nothing well, for, for putting this time and passion into creating this experience for people. You can't be expected. Well, that's to not exactly also true. Police it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely not exactly true. Uh, it's technically been my only uh, income source for the last like four years um it's certainly not lucrative by any stretch of the imagination but it is not free um oh. 
for that. <laughs> so I don't know if that matters, but. Um... No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I just didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that <laughs> that was a thing in general, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess I, I have, you do like auction off things. So mm-hmm. I could see that. But anyway, not my business. I'm just making the point that regardless, yes. regardless, the point, the point is that you do a lot and I, I can tell just from having been hosted by you and any interactions I had with you before and after, um, I can tell that you have a really good character, so to speak, like as a, you know what I mean? Like a good, um, mm-hmm. you're a good person. I can tell you're a good person. And then that, like... It wasn't, it wasn't like a negligent, not caring about the player's situation by any means. You obviously care a ton about the players. I assume that it was just those people talked a lot and you probably didn't see it. And <laughs> sucks, but it doesn't, I don't hold it against you. You know what I mean? Like it's not, you're just one person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is, that is somewhat true. Um, we watched, uh, you know, as someone who has to read everything that's said and listen to everything that's said in the server during the game and all the DM channels, everything like that, um, this was this season and this cast were exceptionally talkative relative to any other season we'd had. I definitely felt that <laughs> a lot between uh, you know your your DM channel with Bird had close to seven thousand messages in it, which just over half the size of the DM channel Bird had with Jordan, which was still 3,000 messages sh- shorter than the DM channel Bird had with Darcy. Like, this was a big season. Not that that is an excuse, but is part of the reason, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jordan said something similar uh, that used to you as, as far as, um, like, it's not production's fault it's not the host's fault exactly um but uh, obviously it's still tough to you know we we changed a lot of things after nexus park because of how bad it was and how impactful the viewers lounge was on so many of the players and because we never wanted that to happen again um and i think I think we we are we took it to heart i think a lot of the people in the lounge took it to heart i don't know if everyone did but I know I've I know a few people spoke have spoken to me about the things that they said that they regret feel regret or remorse over. I know some people went back and deleted messages that they sent that they felt crossed a line. I'm sure there are still plenty of messages in that lounge that do cross a line, but I don't know. There's part of me that doesn't want to like read back through it and like cull it of all that stuff, but. I do think about doing that every once in a while. I don't know. I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, <laughs> I, when I came back, like I came back to the main hub, I, I've never rejoined the Nexus Park server and I don't have any intention of doing so. I'm sh- like, I, like I said, you know, when I went and I started looking at things, I went in with this mindset of being like ready to, to see the criticism and, and things like that. And, like I said, it was going well at first, you know, I was seeing people say things like I'm a mean girl and blah, 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 blah. And I was, I was taking that well, you know, like 
from the perspective that I wasn't like letting it shatter me or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I was prepared to kind of like process these things and determine how true or not true they were, what I can learn, what is, is it fair? You know, all of that. And, um, as soon as I, you know, by searching my name, got to the part that I just described, that's where I stopped. So there's definitely more that I, I never did see. I just, I just don't really see that as good as, as something that is going to provide me anything useful or beneficial, you know? Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I hear that fully, uh, as somebody who, uh, I don't think that I could personally, uh, get myself to a position where I could read really any criticism about myself <laughs> and, and feel, uh, feel like I could, you know, process that in the way that you're describing. So for you to get that far is is incredibly uh, impressive to me. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, that's that's. I'm I'm glad you did return uh, in uh, whatever capacity you you decide to be present as. Um, I know as we wrap up this first part here that I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about the season in all of its warts and uh, occasional rainbows, I suppose. Because I, 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 you know, I, I had a really, I really enjoyed watching you play. And I think, I hope that everybody, anybody who listens to this will, will you know, empathize with the journey that you went through during the game. I appreciate that. And sorry that uh, we have to turn it into a two-parter. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, I think we'll avoid three parts, so <laughs> it'll be fine. I yeah, we've gotten pretty far. So yes, I think I think another hour and a half, two hours ish, it'll probably get us there. Maybe depends if there's that much more to say once you actually have some agency. <laughs> in terms of what happens um but yeah uh thanks thanks for taking this time and i hope you have a good rest of your day all right you too bye bye thank you for listening to this episode of the alliance of survivor game podcast if you'd like to try your hand at alliance our applications are always open you can find more information by visiting alliance our 13th season sky cruiser is now casting Come join us in the HQ during the off-season for games and trivia and other fun stuff. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, au revoir, I'll be the same. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.